When I met the Queen, I curtsied. I bet you did. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, October 20th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 349er. This is No Agenda. I smell a rat here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we're celebrating, I'm John C. Dvorak. <laughs> It's so funny how we think alike sometimes. Yes. Yeah, you said we're celebrating. Well, let's do it properly. Hey, Johnny Boy, how you doing? Just keep the machine gun going throughout the entire show. We had the uh, <laughs> we have this one of our contributors, a young, uh, I think he's in college, complaining he can't get his dad to listen to the show because he's a broadcaster. <laughs> Every time he tunes in, he thinks it's another morning zoo. Yeah, show. no, we're not a morning zoo show. Hey, everybody, how you doing? In the morning to you, John. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it goes on. Right. It goes on for hours. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> in the morning to you. And by the way, that 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 particular machine gun sound is like uh, it's really a, cl- a classic clunker. <laughs> well, that's it. It's the AK forty-seven, and is I took an AK forty-seven. Yeah, I took it straight from the BBC soundtrack. I mean, <clears throat> live video sound. <laughs> it's nuts. I'll say in it one morning, more time. In the morning to you and in the morning to all ships and sea yes. and boots on the ground yes. and everyone else listening to the show. Yes. In the morning to all the rats in the sewers who were smoking out of their holes. And, of course, uh, all of our human resources in the chat room uh, lined up, ready to go at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. So, uh, yeah, of course, this morning uh, we uh, awoke here to uh, the celebratory news. That uh, Muammar Gaddafi is captured, killed, uh, maybe, got him, kind of. Here's a video camera, screen cap footage. I think we have him. Don't you know he's dead thing? Uh, what? Well, it depends. On? On what you mean by dead. <laughs> the series of events was rather interesting, I have to say. Um, so, of course, we don't know if he's dead. There's, you know, and there's, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw this since the beginning. We, we used to see these guys on the with those crazy guns on the back of pickup trucks. Nobody ever shooting at them, of course. And they're firing aimlessly at everything. Kaboom. Kaboom. <laughs> and so they basically, if you look at these towns, I mean, I, whether Gaddafi's dead or not, they have basically just shot up the place. Oh, yeah. They didn't accomplish anything. I mean, I don't even know if they ever hit anybody, but they they wrecked, literally wrecked these towns. I mean, the pictures of these of these towns that they attacked with these with these anti aircraft guns aimed at buildings. <laughs> now, John, first of all, that's the NATO bombs that we never saw on well, television. That we never saw that. All we saw was <laughs> whatever the case is. It seems like a lot of damage. Well. Uh, I have a little timeline that I was actually it was funny because I was putting it together and then this morning it it comes out perfect the timing could not have been any better and of course I think uh, everyone will agree that it doesn't matter whether Gaddafi is dead or not uh, it's the perception that counts 
And, of course, uh, his body has been whisked away to a secret location for security reasons. So uh, we'll never actually ever see anything, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's so beautiful how they uh, find him in a sewer like a rat, exactly what he called his own people. Everything just fits in nicely. But what was interesting is two days ago, Lucifer Clinton makes a trip over to uh, Tripoli and stands up there and does a whole speech with uh, Jabroni Jabril, the uh, quote-unquote prime minister of the Transitional National Committee. And, uh, you know, the coincidence of her being there in Tripoli, uh, although she says she was Tripoli, all I saw was her and two flags. Who knows where she was? Yeah, that's a good point. And then uh, the BBC, uh, just to kind of add a little, you know, a little bit of uh, oomph to the story, they showed this. Did you see this this new secret weapon that the that the uh, the rebels have? This this. No, <laughs> this some, it's, not, it's not an anti-aircraft gun screwed to the back of a pickup oh truck? Oh, my God. You, you've got to look at this thing. Uh, let me play the report for you. And you have to see. It's like, well, I'll play the report and I'll tell you exactly what it looks like. Well, anti-Gaddafi forces have unveiled their very latest weapon. It's very unusual, this. It's a bit of a behemoth. And, uh, well, it's concrete and steel. It's a bit of a cross between a bulldozer and a battleship. It's painted in the colors of uh, the new national flag. That's red, green, and black. It was uh, made in Misrata workshops that uh, belonged to those opposing Gaddafi. It's got uh, uh, four machine guns on the top, but the strange thing is that the driver can't actually see where he's going. A camera shows him where he is on the road. Look at this thing on uh, Google, John. It's like a Mardi Gras float. I swear to God. It's like a battleship made of concrete and steel that goes like two miles an hour with little slots for gun turns. It's the stupidest thing ever. It is. It, it, I think literally they had some kind of parade, like a Mardi Gras, and then the BBC said, oh, no, that's their latest secret weapon. They have, have uh, you seen this a thing? series of photos on the New York <laughs> Times Africa site. Yeah. And they show this thing and this crazy gun they've made, which looks like a... But do you see the boat? Like, I, I, they only have one picture of the front of that thing. It looks like it looks like somebody, uh, some custom shop out of Los Angeles went berserk. Yeah, like uh, uh, Choppers USA or whatever, one of those yeah. reality shows. Hey, man. California Customs. Oh, well, no, no, what is those, uh, those uh, redneck and guns guys? Maybe they, they put it together. You know, those, those gun reality shows. It's the stupidest thing ever. So anyway, so Lucifer's there. to the party, too, don't you think? No, of course. So Lucifer Clinton is there two days ago, and she does a speech at uh, simultaneously with Jabroni Jabril, uh, the U.S. educated prime minister, I might point out, in uh, educated University of uh, uh, Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. And uh, she says something which, when I analyze it, when I listen to it, sounded to me like the setup was there, ready to go, signal was given. Uh, and we think that uh, the programs that the Transitional National Council have outlined uh, to pay to the families of the fallen martyrs to prepare uh, programs... Notice she uses the word martyrs, and she used that a lot, by the way. Not victims, but they're martyrs. ...programs and treatment and training for those who have served are exactly what will be needed. Uh, getting uh, a national army and a police force under civilian command uh, is essential. And the United Nations, the United States, and other partners 
uh, stand ready uh, to do that. Wow. See, I thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, you're, you're, you have to build an army, and we're going to do that for you. Unless I misunderstood. Play it again. Okay, hold on. Quick rewind. No, just uh, that. And yeah. we think that uh, the programs that the Transitional National Council have outlined uh, to pay to the families of the fallen martyrs, to prepare uh, programs and treatment and training for those who have served are exactly what will be needed. Uh, getting uh, a national army and a police force under civilian command uh, is essential. And the United Nations, the United States, and other partners uh, stand ready uh, to do that. What do you think? Sounds like we're sending in aides. <laughs> yeah, bo- advisors, boots advisors, on the ground. Well, well, but she also said, uh, you know, we, uh, we'll put our techno experts in and we'll, uh, we'll train you people. We are also very focused on the young people of Libya who have the most to gain from this new freedom. And today I'm pleased to announce we are resuming the Fulbright program and doubling its size to permit even more Libyan students to study and train in my country. She had noticed a Fulbright, Fulbright program would be about studying, but she slips in the training word. Yep. And then finally, this was just a little... She's not very, you know, she's actually not very good. She's not subtle, for sure. Or subtle at... Uh, she, she, in, other, in other words, if she was a poker player and you were sitting across from her, oh, yeah. the cards would be turned around, you could see them. <laughs> she's got a big tell. Well, here's the one that uh, that I thought was uh, the funniest. Libya is blessed with wealth and resources, most particularly the human resources. <laughs> we will suck you dry of your human resources. Goodbye, Muddy. I love you. Have a good flight. Bye, darling. Thank you. Is that, is that you doing Hillary? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Mickey's girlfriend is leaving for Holland again. Uh. Don't sit on my chair next time. Damn it. Um, so, this, yeah, human resources. Yeah, let's go suck them dry. Uh, so Hillary was there. Then on, on the 19th, yesterday, uh, Juhuma Jabad Jabroni Jabril comes out and says, you know, I might resign tomorrow, which would be today. He literally does a statement. It's in Time magazine. He says, I'm going to resign. It's a mess. Uh, the military leadership is all effed up. You know, if this doesn't uh, shape up, I'm resigning. I'm not doing it anymore. Of course, you know, the guy is not a real, you know, like Libyan uh, freedom fighter. He, he was, you know, lived in the United States. He was educated here. He works for the State Department. And he's like, this is this is it's a mess. I, don't, I, I want no part of this. So the day after Hillary is standing there with him, the very day after, he says, I'm going to resign and I it might be tomorrow. Now. Who benefits from a victory in Libya? Well, besides the oil companies? Well, which political figure uh, benefits the most? Who need who needed Obama some help? Would, well, no, Obama would sure. No, no, no. Well, somewhat for sure. But the real guy, I mean, who started this? Whose war is this? This is not necessarily Obama's war. It's the oil company's war. But which oil company? Total Fina. So the French, this, is a, this is a French thing, French and British. And um, in the past two days, uh, 
president. Oh, so you're thinking Sarkozy benefits the most. Check this out. This is a guy from the Hoover Institute, which is some kind of BS drinking club think tank. He's on CNN this morning sounding a lot like Kissinger, like a Kissinger Brzezinski love child, uh, saying exactly what it's all about. Well, I think I know that I'm in California. I know that Arnold has fallen on hard times, but there was a line in his movie. Which I lo- He's talking about Schwarzenegger here for a minute. You know, in the Terminator, uh, where he says you have the right to remain silent. Gaddafi had the right to remain silent. If there's one man in the world who abused the whole nation, who stole its wealth, who took away its liberty, uh, it was none other than Muammar Gaddafi. And look at the way Gaddafi ends. He ends the way Saddam ended. You know, Saddam came out of a spider hole saying, I'm Saddam Hussein, I want to negotiate. And I think that this, this is justice. This is the game this man played. And I think if you really want one person who has been vindicated in the course of this event and this, this war, it's actually Sarkozy. He has a new baby, the president of France. He has a new baby, and he's been vindicated in Libya. So the new baby thing is bullcrap. Who cares about that? He wasn't even there for the birth of his daughter because he was off running to um, uh, to Brussels to interrupt the, out, the uh, retirement ceremony of Jean-Claude Trichet, the uh, European Central Bank uh, douchebag who's skipping out, the rat jumping off the ship before it all comes tumbling down, to try and strike a deal with uh, Herr Merkel uh, to get some of that European stability fund money because the French banks are about to fall over. In addition, uh, he's got a real contender now on the political scene for the upcoming election. This guy needed a political win. So I think it benefits Sarkozy. Yeah, probably. But you know they're still going to help. I mean, they're, they're just one, they're one inch away from downgrading the French banks, which will screw up everything, so they won't do it. Uh, but they're you know they're that close. You don't think and the the ratings agencies a, will do that? There were, Moody's has already threatened, and it seems as which. And by the way, those are always followed by a, action. But the problem is, if the French banks are downgraded, then it changes the way you can invest into the banks. If you're a big, these big funds, uh-huh. because now you don't have AAA ratings, so you can't, so you, money would get pulled out and you'd end up with, a, I mean, the situation in Europe is, is deteriorating to such an extreme that uh, I, I, I'm actually kind of, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's not going <laughs> to be pretty. It's not going to be good. Well, uh, in Athens today, once again, blood on the streets, uh, huge uh, uh, strike. Everything is just deadlocked. Nothing's moving. No one's doing anything. The you slaves are revolting. You know what, you know what revolting. you can get a Greek bond for? You know what the, what the uh, rate is on a Greek? Greek yeah, 180. 180. Is it like 180 or something? 188. <laughs> so wait a minute. So if if I gave if I put a hundred dollars into into Greek bonds, uh, uh, I would get a hundred. I would get 188 percent back. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Back in a year, that sounds like a good deal. It <laughs> is, if you, but they're the, the saying that they're going to be around in a year, you know, as opposed to going broke. Right. What, what, what does it cost to hedge against that? What is a, a credit yeah, default probably, swap? Believe me, these things have been so <laughs> finely tuned that you, as an amateur, or me as an amateur, can't do it. We can't win, huh? I mean, if we were Goldman, we'd probably have some scam we could do and make money on it, but no. I mean, you can make money by buying the bonds and hoping to God that they don't go broke. Then you can make a killing. But it's a one-sided gamble. Then uh, we have... uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. Everything's falling apart there. 
Very, very. Well, right now, the uh, the slaves of Gitmo Nation lowlands, you know, this is the stuff that you'll never hear about here. And of course, I speak Dutch, so I, I, I read Dutch publications a lot and, you know, people will uh, will send me articles. Uh, and the, although there is an Occupy Amsterdam, there's an Occupy uh, The Hague. Uh, there's uh, I think there's two or three more cropping up in the in the lowlands. The uh, here it is. News just came out that the pension funds uh, will probably have to drop their payouts by 15 percent in 2013 and uh, premiums will have to go up. And and people are like, oh, OK, well, whatever. Pass the cheese. <laughs> I mean, they're getting screwed. That's going to well. They're going to really be screwed shortly. It's going to be blood in the streets, especially in Europe, where they where they where their occupy movements a little more violent. The um, you know if, if the Dvorak Horowitz show this last Tuesday, I, I saw the I saw the title. I haven't listened to it yet. It was nine 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 was the title, right? Which yeah, I like. Nine, yeah, nine, yeah, I thought that good. was cute. I'll put it on uh, right after the show. I'll, uh, I'll roll I, I just out. wanted to mention the one thing that he was d- developed. He, Horowitz actually had a couple of things that I was kind of taken aback by. But one of them was his explanation for the strength of the euro. He says that, and the same with the J- Japanese yen, the reason those two currencies are so strong is because they're trying to repatriate as much money back into the system as possible because they're, because they're de- in desperate straits. I mean, in other words, the economy is clo- it's, it's an odd phenomenon, but the, the currency is strong because the economy is about to collapse. Oh, so, just decimate the currency. So this is uh, this is like the, the the final fingernails on the cliff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So I still but, I know, still have I, like I kept grilling him because he's I mean, he has to follow this stuff on a daily basis because it affects our markets. But yeah. I kept grilling him. And, you know, how long? Yeah, and when? I ask when? You the same when? Thing, when? All these European papers. Yeah. How long can this go on? Well, how he, long can they stall the inevitable? There's nothing that there's nothing's changed. Well, there's I'll nothing t- changing. Well, I'll tell you that uh, the, uh, the European publications that I'm able to read, and that's uh, Dutch, uh, obviously British, although they're they're not really in the euro, but of course it's all tied together. German, some German. Um, no one's really talking about a collapse. They're all talking about the fix, and that uh, you know. And the main thing being that France is about to the the French banks are about to go down. Everyone realizes that, and that the essential war right now is between. Germany and France. Gee, where have I heard that before? Huh? And that the French want to raid the uh, the stability fund the minute the Germans have funded it, and the Germans are like, "No, nah, I don't think so." And so they don't. The, the Germans are having none of that, but no one is really talking about the the consequences. Um, other than you know, one or two blogs. I read the slog. Who's a? I actually put on the Noah Agenda News Network. NoahAgendaNewsNetwork dot com. Uh, his posts are pretty interesting, and he's saying it's you know it's just it's all going to come apart. And I I trust his opinion because he's been right a lot. Uh, but we do have the G twenty coming up, and that's supposed to fix everything. Ah. <laughs> Obama and Timmy Geithner are going to roll in there, and it's going to fix everything. I tell you, not a problem. It'll be great. I just, I've got this great great clip of Geithner going on about the. Uh, about how we should or should not celebrate uh, national events. You should play that clip so you get a kind of a feeling for how Geithner's going. I think that it's kind of ridiculous because (laughs) we should celebrate what we want to celebrate. We shouldn't be told what we shouldn't by other people. (laughs) 
This is how we should celebrate in America. I saw John McCain this morning, literally, like, this is a day for celebration. I'm like, yay! We all should be shooting our guns in the air, man. This is, it was celebrate. We killed, oh, another guy is dead, 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 dead. We celebrate killing people in this country. Yay! You're dead, bitches! Dead! Dead, dead, uh, dead. I don't have any bombs in that clip, Did you have the, you don't need bombs, you just shoot the gun in the air. Yeah. So, uh, did you read the, the uh, description of his, you know, first he was shot, they have this gory description of how he died, <laughs> yeah. as if anybody's there taking notes. They shot first him in the legs shot first. In the legs. <laughs> shot in the legs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> then he had to limp off to a tunnel where they where they like shot a rat, him like a rat hit in the head, like a rat, like a rat. We got you, like a rat. Yay! There was a great clip. I was actually waiting until nine o'clock because I saw it live on CNN, where um, Lucifer is waiting for uh, an interview in Afghanistan, and you know they, they're already rolling the camera, and someone hands her a BlackBerry, and she goes, "Wow, just confirmed, they got Gaddafi," and she's like moist. She's just like melting away on her chair. It was beautiful. Unfortunately, uh, maybe CNN has put it up because it was like exclusive CNN footage. She was so happy. Everyone's just like, just like, you know, instead of how about a little if it is true, you know, that we killed another world leader. You know, and of course, uh, the U.S. wants to take, you know, some responsibility for it. Hey, 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 you know, we, we did bomb. Yeah, you know, we shot some bombs. It wasn't it was just, our jet. It was our jet. Come on, eh? Hey, 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 give us some props here. It's not, you know, how about some like, you know, well, we're really sorry that it's come to, you know, whatever. Just play the script out. But no, no, it's like, yeah, we're going to celebrate. Yeah. John McCain. Yeah. I got my buddies from Coca-Cola. Yeah, we're all going to, it's going to be great. And by let the way. Let me read you from the Reuters uh, report and tell me why something here just doesn't make any sense. Megta told Reuters earlier that Gaddafi, who was in his late 60s, was captured and wounded in both legs at dawn on Thursday as he tried to flee in a convoy which NATO warplanes attacked. I thought it was supposed to be a no-fly zone, by the way. Mm. He said that he had been, he said, the, the reporter said he'd been taken away by an ambulance. An NTC fighter in CERT said he had seen Gaddafi shot after he was cornered and captured in a tunnel near a roadway. Does this... First, he's like with a group of people in a convoy. Then he's shot, and then an ambulance gets him and takes him somewhere. And then the next thing you know, he's in a tunnel by himself, <laughs> apparently. I mean, this whole thing is just that. Why do they give us these these reports that are so sketchy? Well, that, because because uh, the whole who knows? I mean, these guys. Have, well, listen to Hillary. Here's uh here's the here's the C the the CNN clip from this morning where she's told about uh, Gaddafi. Listen to this. Tomorrow. She's looking at the Blackberry. Wow. Wow. I'm moist. Unconfirmed. 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 Yeah. Unconfirmed reports about Gaddafi being captured. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Yeah. We've had too many. We've we've had a bunch of those before. We've had, you know, have him have had him captured a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. But I'm moist regardless. Douchebagette. You should see her face, though. It's pretty, uh, pretty outrageous. Was she surprised, or was she? No, it's, no. It's it's almost like you know, she knew this was going to happen. Um, kind of like, oh, today was the day. How come no one sent me the memo? Yeah, <laughs> how come I'm not in the loop on this? How come, how come I didn't get the memo before? I have to read this off a of damn BlackBerry, please, people, get it together. Yeah. 
Nice. All right, well, that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, we have nothing, really no other analysis other so than Sarkozy benefits. how many days has benefits. it been? Uh, let me see. Uh, it is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. Mm-hmm. But let me emphasize that we uh, anticipate this transition to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Well, I think it's been 213 days, 14 days, something like well, that. that's days. It's yeah, been it's, a lot of days. It's not weeks, that's for sure. Now, he was implying it was going to take a couple of days. <laughs> and we still don't really, really know. And we still don't know what's going on. The, the, and, then we, and we got these maniacs now building floats with guns on the back. <laughs> for the parade. I have to say, I, I really like, we've played clips from uh, of him before. <clears throat> I really like the... Uh, the Libyan transitional transitional national council info minister. That guy's pretty funny. He he looks like he could be German, you know, like a big big fat beer belly and a shirt unbuttoned. You know, it's a far cry from what uh, our spokeshole for the White House looks like. And that guy's he's funny. I like him. He, his English is pretty good, and he's just like he he doesn't say anything, but he's entertaining to watch and to listen to. You'll be seeing him a lot more in the future. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, what the next moves are. Uh, and it's really weird because there were all kinds of reports that Gaddafi had 10,000 troops coming up from other countries in Africa. And, of course, we know that it was very, very bloody what was going on, in uh, certainly in CERT, <coughs> but also in Tripoli. And it looked like uh, the Gaddafi uh, loyalists, as they're known, i.e. the sovereign people of the nation who didn't want this happening in the first place, were... We're striking back. And, uh, well, you know, Sarkozy needed a win. He got his win. Obama certainly could use a win. He got his win. And uh, let's not forget that uh, Lucifer is leaving. And it was not. it's nice for her to go out on a high as well to have a win. You know, she's leaving at the end of this uh, presidency. And uh, uh, would you like to hear her lie for about a minute and a half? Oh, I love listening to her. Okay, so she's interviewed by some other hot chick from... I don't know which station, and it's about her leaving. Now Clinton seems ready to step out of the spot. Uh, Good Morning America is, uh, oh wait, who, where's Ann Curry? Is she the, to, yeah, she's the Today Show. NBC. No, Ann Curry's Today. Today yeah. Show, yeah. Light. What do you think life will be like when after 20 years in politics, it'll be you and the former president at home sitting around? <laughs> First of all. She's what? got yeah, she makes this big Clinton doesn't even know where his house is. <laughs> She's got this big grin as this question is being asked. Yeah, like really? I'm gonna yeah, sit around yeah, with we're that. Be sitting around <laughs> cooking marshmallows. With that douchebag? I don't think so. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. That'll be great. Can't wait. I mean, obviously we're gonna be very active. But it is yeah. something that I'm really looking forward to enjoying. <laughs> uh, when I uh, get to go home on the weekends, which is not often oh, enough. Good. It's just great to be it's doing great. as little as possible. And <laughs> it's great to be around Bill. I just love it. He's so much fun. It's great. And this whole interview was chopped, by the way, completely chopped. I think, you know, after this 20 years, uh, that'll be uh, very welcome. One title I know you seek to have one of these days is Grandmother. <laughs> yes, you figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> Why? She says, yes, you figured that out. I don't quite understand. Something must have happened beforehand, before the interview. That because uh, her her answer is kind of a non sequitur. <laughs> but I noticed that Chelsea has been doing more events. We mm -hmm. saw her a couple of weeks ago doing an event with you. Do you think she has the Clinton bug for politics? I don't know. I don't. I don't have any reason to believe that. I think she does ah. have the public service bug. Uh, Hold on, lie. 
we know from our inside information, from our makeup artist, that they are now gearing her up. And they're getting her ready for public office, and they're trying to find uh, funding and uh, getting people on board, right? Yep. So for her to say no, but she has the the help people bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is she going to be, uh, ambassador to Haiti? Uh, that seems to be in our DNA. Will you run for president in 2016? No, no. You know, Savannah, I'm I'm very privileged to have had the opportunities. No, she's to- running in 2012. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, she's not going to run in 2012. She's not. Serve my country. And I am really old-fashioned, I feel like. I've made my contribution. I've done the best I can. But now, you know, I want to try some other things. I- yeah, like spending all the money I stole. I want to get back to writing and maybe some teaching, working on women and girls around the world. But secretary. I want to get back to writing. We're gonna have wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> just take the Teach- clip. Working <laughs> on women and girls around <laughs> the world? Yeah. Hello? I know, I know. <laughs> I, I want to be- I can't wait to be working on women and girls around the world. And I am really old fashioned, I feel like. Yeah, let's go. Made my contribution. I've done the best I can. But now, you know, I want to try some other things. I want to get back to writing and maybe some teaching, working on women and girls around the world. (laughs) That's bad, John. I, I can't wait to. I'm going to start working on women and girls around the world. Mm. Secretary Clinton, politics <laughs> is in your blood. People will not believe that you are closing the... Did you hear that laugh she made? <laughs> <laughs> ...the door and locking it on running for office ever well, again. you know, they'll have to just watch and wait. I have Whatever made my contribution. I'm, I'm very grateful I've had a chance to serve, but I think it's time, you know, for others to step up. Uh, others need to step up. Step up. I've stepped up. I'm going to work on girls and women around the world now. <laughs> work on girls and women. <laughs> that is very a weird way of saying it, I have to admit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely strange. It's code. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's definitely code. You, you know, I'm surprised she doesn't she doesn't mouth the words call me and hold her hand <laughs> up to her call ear. Me. <laughs> Make that phone gesture. Friend me on Facebook. Yeah, call me. Call me if you want to be worked on. Uh, Let's work on some some of our executive producers for today, John. We're a little short today, but we we do have one uh, major contributor. uh, Let me guess. Yeah, the Baron comes in again. Wow. Comes in with the with the one 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 one. Why don't we just call this the No Agenda Show for Baron von Pelsmachers? <laughs> the von Pelsmachers Show. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. He says he's sorry. He's always a few weeks behind. Just got to the episode where Adam talks about his impending dental needs. I'm not a doctor, uh, and socialized medicine works pretty much like a charm here. But the costs there seem like a ripoff. To yeah, me. Yeah, no kidding. In any case, I guess in the cosmic karma scheme, an additional donation towards offsetting these costs can only help us both. Really enjoy listening to the podcast in these times of turmoil, both globally and personally. For as long as I can afford to support your show, I will do my best. Do you th- the amount qualifies, please hand out the night damehood to whomever you seem fit to bestow it upon. Amongst the group of donors who would be honored by it, we'll work on something in that regard. In the morning, and adios mofos, Baron von Pelsmachers. So let me ask you a question. Do you think it's coincidence, uh, Baron von Pelsmachers being in uh, in Belgium, do you think it's coincidence that after they bailed out the Belgian Dexia Bank that all of a sudden he uh, comes up with some cash? 
he probably got to take, take some money out of the bank <laughs> instead of being told to go home. You, well, maybe uh, he runs the bank. I don't know. That's, he's 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 a, he's a like true a, baron. Yeah, well, he is the baron. He can he probably owns the bank, and, and technically, if we if we if our yeah, world no order kidding. was put into play, he does own it, doesn't he? Yeah. And then we have uh, another associate executive producer and member of the 349 Club, sole member from uh, Accra, Ghana, West Africa, wow. Dean Bertram. Uh, hello, John and Adam, in the morning to you from Gitmo Nation Palava Sauce. <laughs> what, I, what, whatever, I, I, wonder, I might have to look that up What now. is that? I don't know. I'm going to find out. I've been listening to the podcast since show 312 after hearing Adam interviewed by Maynard <coughs> on the Skeptic Zone. Oh. I quit decided not to be a boner and give the no agenda show some support your four plus hours per week it's not five. only fills up my time stuck in traffic but makes it enjoyable i now watch world events unfold in the news and wonder what the hell will, will john and adam <laughs> say about this and that's all we do i may not agree with everything adam says and sometimes I just have to swear out loud, but mostly I get to laugh out loud, so I reckon that's a pretty good deal. So thank you both very much with this donation, 349. I believe it reached my knighthood and now can be officially de-douched. Absolutely. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Keep up the good work, and I hope uh, many more years before the drones eventually find you. <laughs> Dean? Those are our two executive producers uh, and sponsors for today's show. I want to thank them both. Remind everybody else, they can go to noagendashow.com, dvorak.org slash na, channeldvorak.com slash na, and noagendanation.com, where uh, apparently uh, now there's they've run out of, they're, they're reordering some slave T-shirts, but uh, get this, huh? got a big order from North Korea. Wait a minute, we got an order from North Korea? Yeah. Really? For, well, Eric did from Slave T-shirts. Apparently, uh, we, and he had to do some research because he can't figure out why anybody in North Korea is listening to this show. But it seems as if the university there does have internet connectivity. <laughs> really? The show. And some of these guys have ordered Slave T-shirts. I love it. So hey, what we need, what, what is a landmark in North Korea? What landmark is there? Is there like something recognizable? Yeah, there's, there's statues of Kim Jong-il and his dad all over the place. What we need is we need a picture of a couple of uh, North Korean college kids with their slave t-shirts on in front of a statue of Kim Jong-il. And my advice, wear sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, a hood. A <laughs> Plastic bag, pa paper bag, paper bag over your head. And, so, I'll, and uh, I'll send it to my Uncle Don. He'll get a kick out of it. I just think it's hilarious, and uh, of course, it revitalizes my interest in visiting the place. Yeah, oh, yeah. but the uh, so anyway, so he had to uh, package them, you know, because the State Department has restrictions, and so they're packaged as humanitarian. Uh, it's humanitarian aid. It is humanitarian. They're, they're warmers. <laughs> it's some sort of chest warmer. But oh, it's uh, I know what it is. It's like. Uh we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. So we're just saying it's blankets. <laughs> water, <laughs> blankets, so, uh, and water. Anyway, so that's a that's a breakthrough. That is that's. I mean, that uh, compensates for uh, for the donation levels, and that just warms my heart. Hello, and, North uh, Korea. Apparently, there's a lot of slave ships going into Africa. You know, which is kind of ironic. Yeah, it. it wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't. Yeah, really. Where where do our shirts come from? Are they making like a big round robin? Uh, he doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> 
come they come from Ghana. <laughs> yeah. Bertram actually runs the uh <laughs> facility. Uh I love that. Could you have ever imagined in your wildest dreams that we would one day have a show that people in North Korea would listen to and and would like want to have buy slave shirts buy a slave shirt affiliated with our show? That is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm vibing on that. I was I was like taken aback. That's very nice. Well, uh, thank you, uh, of course, and uh, everyone else. I need to program your brain for a second here. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. There's a couple of uh, PR uh, initiatives. People always trying to help us out. Uh, some of them do that by forwarding domain names to noagendashow.com, where you can also find our donation link. Uh, here's just a couple of them, uh, which you can all find at domains.nashownotes.com. And if you ever have an idea for one of these domains, by the way, uh, you can easily find out who has registered it, and you can send them a note, and then I'm sure they'll be willing to help uh, set up a project. Distractionoftheweek.com, week spelled W-E-A-K, which I thought was interesting. Well, that's a very good pun. Mm-hmm. I like it. Play on words. Uh, this is Tim in San Diego, who is also the proud owner of killingbrownpeople.com and woodinthemorning.com. That show has not yet started yet. Thehumanmicrophone.com.net and .org, uh, now forwarding to our show. DroneDeath.com. And now forwarding to our show. Yeah. DroneDeath.com as well as dronedeath.us and dronedeath.info. GagaClinton.com. I don't know if we'll ever be able to use this again, but you never know. It might crop up in the future. We're Lady Gaga shills for uh, either Hillary or Bill Clinton in the future. Yeah. Now, uh, remember we were talking about the guys who were going into Walmart and uh, were doing all kinds of crazy stuff on the intercoms? And we talked yeah, about we needed some, we needed some domain names that could be advertised on websites that would then send people to no agenda show. So what if you came across a banner that said, uh, "Attention, everyone! You could win season one of Jersey Shore on Blu-ray. Just visit WalmartPrizes.com to enter." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's called fraud. Yeah. We'll, we'll deal with I like it. I like later. it. We also have WalgreensGiftCards.com, McDonald'sPrizes.com. <laughs> so um, I say start making your banners now. <laughs> That's a great idea. Oh, man, I can get a McDonald's gift card. Quick. Hey, what's this? Hey, watch this, man. This is a jip. <laughs> All it's got is this stupid player. Hey. Hey, hey, that sounds kind of good. Hey, man, those guys. Hey, man, those guys are funny. So those are some of the Walmart domains. Uh, LikeGoodHumanResources.com, forwarding to NoAgendaShow.com. WalmartSlave.com. I don't think a lot of people will click on that banner, but you never know. OccupyWalgreens.com. Uh, <laughs> HijackOccupy.com. And we've got everything. How about this one? I can't believe we missed it. Lone Drone Silver dot us. That's a good one. And uh, finally, LipitorSlave.com. All beautiful domain names. It's a great PR initiative. Uh, we appreciate that as well as our um, executive producers for today, Dean Bertram and uh, Baron Stephen von Pelsmachers from uh, the Barony of Belgium. We highly appreciate you uh, keeping our show on the air, uh, certainly getting us through the next couple of days. Everyone else, you do have a mission. It's propagating the well-known formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. New World 
You know, yesterday for uh, my big book show, I interviewed uh, Jonathan Kay, who is, um, a, and this is for the uh, No Agenda Book Club people. Uh, he um, he works for the National Post up there in Canada, and he's also a freelance journalist for such uh, stellar publications as Newsweek and Time. And he has uh, written a book, uh, which is called Living Among the Truthers. And, of course, this is a total setup for my buddy here who, who books uh, these interviews. Because this guy is like the anti-conspiracy theorist uh, uh, authority. Oh, that's great. You know why? <laughs> why? Because now somebody can finally, I mean, I've been waiting and waiting, to explain why World Trade Center 7 just fell down, like, for no good reason. Well, so uh, the title of the book is uh, Among the Truthers. Uh, hold on. The, a, let me just get you the uh, the subtitle. A journey through America's growing conspiracist underground, and what it's he an underground, d- I guess, huh? And what he doesn't do is actually uh, refute any of the uh, any of the theories. Certainly not uh, WTC seven, etc. But the whole book is basically, um, if you are a conspiracy theorist, and he has he's, he sections it off into a number of different kinds. You know, you're like the failed historian. You're the uh, you know the the wanker, the the alternate history guy. Yeah, no, the fa- yeah the failed failed historian. Uh, you're the clinically insane, and I actually kind of fit in that category. Along yeah, with, no, uh, we've all known that. Along with crank, that's crank, another one. It's good, but basically, crank. <laughs> crank. That's a word we don't use enough. We don't anymore. use the word crank enough. The guy's a crank. And um, but uh, it, basically, we're all anti-Semites. That's that's the the whole oh, story of I the see. book, and it's all based upon this prophets of the elders of Zion, and uh, it was, and so I I didn't uh, really confront the guy uh, too much. Oh, you wimp. No, I mean I I wanted to draw him out and out I'm, of my house. Well, it was uh, via Skype, so I, I he was in uh, Toronto. I couldn't really kick him out of the Skype. Uh, but, you know, I, I did, uh, and, I, and I'll put this up on the stream, and I'll put a link to it uh, after I've uh, spun it all out of the camera. It's a video interview, but I'll, I'll put the audio up as well. And I say, you know, and then, you know, he's like, you know, video is really dangerous. It basically is like internet dangerous, really, really bad. Internet right. bad because the video is really, really bad. And I say, well, don't you think that uh, Hillary's uh, techno experts are misusing that? Like, the guy, <laughs> he starts, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, there's professionals. That's different. When professionals are doing it, it's okay. Oh, so that's good for us then. We're professionals. Yeah, well, that's, well, there you go. It's a matter of, yeah, well. But when I, when I said, you know, so how about, uh, you know, let's talk about new conspiracy theories like uh, Libya. You know, are, are we there for oil or? No, 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 no. Um, the United Nations, they just stumbled on this. He literally said like five times, you know, like Obama, he just stumbled into it. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? He just tripped and stumbled. Oh, and so did. everything's just a big giant accident. <laughs> yeah, it's a big accident. Nobody plans anything in this world of ours. So then, uh, you know, I, I started looking at this guy's history. He's a member of a think tank, the um, Foundation for Defending Democracies, which is basically, you know, they have Project Syria. I mean, these guys are all about the techno experts. And, and oh, and so he's basically a total uh, shill, disinformation specialist. Total, total, total. What's but the it, name of this think tank? Uh, the FDD Foundation for Defending Democracies, and it's a whole bunch of. Uh, you look at the board of directors; it's a whole bunch of uh, military guys, and you know, CFR and all that. And um, you know, it's just. 
it was it's a, it's a good book to read. It, I did learn one thing um, that conspiracy theories are really only bought into by men. We have a lot of women listeners. Well, I'm not talking about our show. I, I, we're not mentioning the book, I might add. So we're not oh, conspiracy okay. theorists. No, I, I don't feel attacked at all. You can you say what you want. We're media deconstructionists. We're media uh, arsonists. I Assa- think deconstruction is a little more positive. But anyway, go on. <laughs> assassins. But it's it's good, it's good to read the book. No, it's a. Uh, I would say read this book because then you can understand. So what did you learn? You just that, what that I, was what it I, that you learned that there's no women involved with. This is no, interesting what I, because the last time I was accosted on the street by a by a truther, mm-hmm. it was a pretty girl in San Francisco handing out DVDs along with a crowd of people that were watching in a small circle with a bunch of signs saying, you know, truth be nine eleven truth, and she hands me a DVD. I got into a chat with her, and she was a female i don't know what they're talking about there's two or three of them in the group yeah two or three but that what i learned five i mean come on (laughs) what i what i learned was at the end of the day we're all anti-semites that's what i learned and and that's a very dangerous precedent for these guys to be pursuing and it's it's really same throughout the entire thing that they're that fox yeah. And uh, Hannity and these guys are throwing at the uh, Occupy people now. Oh, yeah. Now, now before we get into that, just a, uh, a WTC7 reference. Uh, this just came in this morning, according to the Wall Street Journal. The CIA has uh, avoided a potential showdown with Manhattan federal judge. Judge Alvin Hellerstein declined yesterday to find the CIA in contempt for destroying videotapes of its interrogations of September 11th detainees, concluding that it would serve no beneficial purpose to penalize the agency. Yeah. That's okay. That's not a problem. You can just destroy whatever evidence you want. It's no, and you know, you don't need to be punished. No, it, it, it wouldn't be beneficial. Yeah, no kidding. Those are the guys with the drones. The judge is thinking. I'm not going <laughs> to mess running with, the drone program. I'm not going to mess with those guys. Mess with them. No, I don't think so. So, I guess that's the kind of says it all. I had a different uh, Geithner clip. Actually, I liked your uh, little uh, whining, Timmy. Um, I'm not a big fan of Rand Paul. I can't exactly put my finger on it. Why? He's kind of creepy. I don't know what it is. He's, he doesn't have at all this, the appeal Ron Paul has to me. I saw this, what you're going to play. I, I was, I, I don't know. I didn't think there was much there. Are you talking about the hearings that were going on, the small business hearings with the Geithner? Yeah, about the interest rates. Oh, the, uh, yeah, Paul went off the, uh, oh, that was the worst. I mean, I, I had that, uh, it was crazy. That his Ron Paul's interpretation of how interest rates work it Rand, was Rand, Rand Paul not Ron Paul Rand I mean Paul. Rand Paul I'm sorry well, this, Rand Paul's well this is important of how interest rates work was is just wrong well, this, is, wrong. Well, this is important because I I specifically uh, got this clip because I wanted to ask you about uh, the uh, the truth behind this um, what do you think caused the housing crisis and uh, I guess to begin with what do you think caused the housing bubble from 201 to 207 oh uh uh, without being too technical about it, we had a long period of very low rates, and we had a uh, terrible erosion of underwriting standards, and those two things together uh, c- uh, caused a huge overinvestment in housing, 
and uh, Americans were allowed to borrow a huge amount relative to income and their housing value. And when the storm hit, you know, things I, came crashing. I agree. Who, who do you think in the country had more influence over interest rates than anybody else? Do you think, can you think of a body, maybe in New York, uh, it's, it's sort of a, has a lot say, of bankers involved with you it, want, you want me to call it a central bank. You, you want me to say the New York Federal Fed Reserve? Reserve? Yeah, maybe, maybe the New York Fed, maybe the Open Market Committee. You were right that, uh, I was vice chairman of the FOMC and I was president of the New York Fed for a five year period and I started it in the fall of 2003. Uh, but, but I guess here, here's my point. I hate to interrupt you, but I've got a really short time. You know, interest rates I see as sort of the, the price of money, and they should fluctuate somewhat based on the demand for the money. If government controls the interest rates and you obscure the market forces, as an economy heats up, people are bidding for money, the price of the money goes up, and you get a tamponading effect and a slowing down of the economy. If you don't do that, if interest rates are not allowed to rise, the economy keeps going, but it's an illusion. That illusion is a bubble, and it bursts. So what uh, Rand Paul is saying is that uh, because of monetary policy, and it goes on a little bit further, and he goes back tit, uh, tit for tat with uh, Timmy. Timmy, tit for tat with Timmy. Um, Rand Paul is asserting that because the Federal Reserve sets interest rates, uh, they are responsible for the long-term uh, interest rate and therefore for the uh, financial collapse. And I think that there's a lot of res responsible parties for the financial collapse. But could you explain... Uh, how interest I, rates I'm not going to be able to explain it in any details. People can look a lot of this up and see what, what interest rates are, are the way they are. But first of all, there's a couple of things. The, the, the Fed only sets a short-term interest rate. Long-term bonds are set by the market, which is a which is determined by, you know, the interest rates are determined by market conditions. Like right now, for example, they're they're low because there's such a demand for U.S. treasuries around the world, despite what they're t telling you, because it's a, one of the safe havens. And they know the U.S. government will blow up some other country to make sure those bonds are paid off. And so so there's a strong demand for, for American uh, <coughs> treasuries from everybody. And, uh, and so that is a market condition thing. Now, the 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 Fed does buy and sell these things themselves to try to, because they have one thing in mind. They don't really care about bubbles or anything else. Their whole job supposedly is to keep inflation from ravaging the country, and they do it any way they can. And if it, and they use interest rates as the one tool which seems to actually work. Uh, and before we had the Fed, even though I'm not defending them because I do think they need auditing and they need somebody to look into why they're giving money to foreign countries and all the rest of it. So I think that's some corruption there that needs to be looked at. But before we had the Fed and you had just a pure uh, system where uh, interest rates fluctuated just on their own under whatever circumstances and be pre-1903 or whenever, uh, you had a, a, a stock market crash about once every two years. It would, the cycle of crashes was extremely high and it was very difficult to uh, recover from. Uh, this has actually worked pretty well when we had uh, the system has worked pretty well until they pulled out Glass-Steagall and all these protections, the public protections that kept the banks under control. But once that was eliminated by both Clinton and Bush, uh, they just opened the, 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 the gates of hell to the situation that we're in. And I think Rand Paul's being disingenuous with this argument. And I will point out that Ron Paul, who uh, released his uh, plan to reduce the deficit by $1 trillion in one year. Uh, I thought that was a great plan, by the way. Yeah, I liked it, too. And he doesn't say I'm going to... In fact, he explicitly says I'm not going to remove the Federal Reserve, but they have to be audited. We have to figure out what's going on there. 
Uh, I thought, by the way, uh, I did watch the uh, the American Gladiators. I'm sorry, uh, the the Republican uh, debate. My goodness, Th- that thing is uh, I mean, what a show. Hey, I'm telling you, this is, was in the paper, the New York Times, they were discussing it, and it seems to be all over the place. This, These Republican debates are getting such great ratings. Ratings, yeah, the f- fantastic. Anderson Pooper, you know, he's up there, he's, all he's doing a job. All of them are getting good job. ratings, and so now they're going to have 12 more of them, it seems. Because it's a bonanza. And the way they set it up, and it's like big, very lights, and here are the contestants. Bring him on out, Anderson Pooper. And it's just great, and, and they're funny, and... They've got, uh, you know, they're like touching and getting into it and getting angry. And then we've got Michelle Bachman dressed like uh, Hitler light with a little white uh, <laughs> sailor outfit on. It was beautiful. No, I really, I really loved it. What I, what I loved even more on CNN, did you see before the debate started? No, I missed it before. Oh, no. Before the debate, uh, Aaron Burnett, CFR shill extraordinaire, the douche, douche who disappointed me. I was so in love with her until I found out that she's a shill. Uh, she was out, you know, the, you know what, just like the Academy Awards, what they'll do is they'll, they'll be outside the venue in kind of like a glass box, right? <laughs> and, you know, they, and that they're talking, that, you know, they're, they're talking about the red carpet and everything. And yeah, do talk- they have a little background and they do a photo shoot? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> they, logos they all over the place. The I'm sure they had that. Right? I haven't seen that yet, but, you know, they did have the wardrobe conversation. But, of course, Occupy Las Vegas was there, and Aaron is like, is there smoke coming out of her ears? Listen. All right, we are minutes away from tonight's debate. The uh, countdown clock that we'll put up, and you also can probably hear the protesters. They have been been various people protesting. These people are singing, banks got bailed out, we got sold out. Uh, There have been other protest groups here today protesting immigration, protesting gay rights, protesting a variety of issues. Uh, These obviously are... uh, I love this. Listen to this. They're all smiling like, yeah, it's great. Hey, shut up. I can't hear myself. Thank you. All right. Good to see all of you. And we're seeing the American system in full swing on all sides. Occupy Las Vegas. That's what they're doing. That's right. They're protesting, which is their right. That's right. Occupy Las Vegas. That's what they're doing. They're good right. They don't show a single shot of the crowd, by the way, of the protesters. They, you just hear a bunch of people yelling, yeah. we got sold out. This is the, they, they didn't expect this and didn't know to, to put themselves in soundproof booths or something. It's very distracting. It's, it's terrible. It's ruining the pre-show. Yeah, it's ruining the pre-show. <laughs> this is no good. Will you guys stop that? You're ruining the pre-show. I'm surprised somebody didn't do that. She had a hot I, I like red There's a guy that sneaks in behind and he's got a sign. Yeah, with a sign. Yeah, and down yeah. And pointing and talking on the cell phone. Yeah. Um, so uh, did you clip anything from the debate? Uh, you know, I, I have the whole debate. I still have it. I, I watched oh, it, didn't, I didn't part watch of it twice. Thing? And I hmm. could, you know, it wasn't tight enough that I could get a good clip. If you got uh, something, you know, I'll listen to it. Well, there were just a couple things. So I, I didn't clip this, but I loved, I absolutely loved uh, Bachman going, Anderson, 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 ooh, oh, Anderson, yeah. call on me, Anderson, 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 Anderson. And then Santelli was also waving his hand, like holding up his hand, like he's in, <laughs> like, in the I gotta third pee. grade, asking I have to be to called pee. on by the teacher. I did like uh, Ron Paul had a poning moment, which I really liked, 
where it's about uh, you know this hostage that was uh, negotiated between Israel and uh, uh, was the Palestinian Authority, I believe. This uh, this uh, hostage they got back and they released right, and that the, soldier. Yeah, and then uh, Israel released four hundred uh, prisoners. And, uh, you know, it was a basic, uh, tra- and, you know, everyone's like, we will not negotiate, we will not negotiate, we will not negotiate with, and we will not negotiate. Go. Matter of fact, I don't want to make a statement, I want to ask a question. Are you all willing to condemn Ronald Reagan for changing weapons for hostages out of Iran? <laughs> we all know that was done. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? That's not, uh, Iran was a sovereign. I like it. Ron goes like, what, what, what? You want a piece of me, bitch? What? What? The country was not a terrorist organization, number one. That's, oh, they that's were, that is a great comeback. What? They are not terrorists. They're not a terrorist organization. Then Ron Paul comes out swinging again. Good friends. They're not a good friends. Yeah, they were good friends. <laughs> they're, they're a sovereign country, just like the, the Palestinian Authority is not he, the good friends he, he, of Israel. He negotiated for hostages. Uh, there's, there's a role. For, we negotiate with hostages with the Soviet Union. And we, now it's like, oh, we do it all the time. It's okay. It's okay. With uh, Iran or Soviet Union, we do it all the time. We talk about it. Shut up, all. We've negotiated with hostages, depending on the scale, but there's a difference between releasing terrorists from Guantanamo Bay in response to a terrorist they're demand. They're suspect. Then, they're not. And I love it. They're not terrorists. They're suspects. They haven't even had a, a, a trial yet. Terrorists. You haven't convicted them of anything. Then negotiating with other countries where we may have an interest, and that is certainly a proper role for the United States. And then the stupid audience is like, huh? What? The audience is Come on. What? What? Come no, on. Paul's make nothing what? but sense. He makes a lot of good points. And then Santelli is such a stooge. <sighs> and, you know, that guy, why is he even running? By the way, he has a broken nose that's <laughs> wow. bent to the uh, to his right, which means that somebody hit him with a, with a right hook <laughs> in the nose at some point when he's probably in high school. A right hook, a frothy mix. Up, boom. Yeah. And he never had the nose fixed, so he has an asymmetrical face, which nobody will ever vote for a president with an asymmetrical face, let me tell you right now. No. In, in today's no, world, that's it no good. No, you, it's hard and to Photoshop that. He's going to take a lot more than Photoshop. The thing needs to, he needs to have gone to the doctor, you know, some years ago and had it rebroken and fixed. I don't know if he does. He think it's attractive. Anyway, I, 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 did, I, I digress. Yeah, you do. Um, however, one very important highlight, and then I'll get off these debates. But a very important highlight, John. Uh, there's been an upset in Hollywood. Have you heard about this? Uh, does it have to do with Lindsay Lohan? No, no. Well, no. But there's an upset in Hollywood. The showrunners are like, "Oh my God, what what a brilliant idea! We have a new host for." Oh, shoot. <laughs> I got the wrong one. Yeah. Big lead up. Fail. Maybe I could. Fail. Maybe I could. Uh, maybe I could. Uh, I could uh, edit it and no one would know. Here, I'll try it again. You, would, you don't edit. No, no one will notice. We have a new host for. Loose or Drunk. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring him on down. The brand new host of our game show, Win, Lose, or Drone. Please say hello to And that's to build a virtual defense zone, if you will, along that border, which is not unlike what Herman's talking about. And you can do it with strategic fencing in the obvious places where it matters. But the way you really stop the activities along that border that are illegal, whether it's the drug cartels or whether it's bringing in illegal weapons or whether it's illegal immigrants that are coming in, is to put boots on the ground. 
I, I will tell you, Herman, you put a lot of boots on the ground. You use Predator drones that are being trained right up here at Creech Air Force Base in Nevada <laughs> yeah. to use that real-time information to real give time. those boots on the ground that information, and they can instantly move to those areas. And, and shoot a drone, shoot a Hellfire missile up there, butts! Get those drones in the air. Yeah, that's the guy I want for president. Please. Put drones. Put some drones over there. Real-time information. So well, uh, whatever, whoever gets elected is going to do that anyway. Uh, there but was this a, guy. This uh, guy's he this can't, a he's a terrible. He's he's blown every single debate. And then he went after every time he bring up he brought up any point about uh, Romney. He'd go on <laughs> about his hiring illegals, which Romney explained. I thought adequately, although somebody did call Romney out. Uh, on one of the right John, talk they're shows. all douchebags. This whole thing is exactly what you said. It it is a ratings bonanza. Who cares? It's not about yes, the next totally president. Douchebaggery. And and unfortunately, well, anyway, let, let me just explain this one yeah, thing because sure. I think it's kind of interesting. The guy points out that Romney didn't give a shit really about hiring illegals. He just didn't want. He says, "Look, I can't have illegals working for me. I'm running for president. It's all image." Yeah, that was kind of funny. Hey. I, you can't have that. Well, the word is out, though. Uh, Wall Street has officially run away from supporting uh, Barack Obama's presidency, and they are now pouring all their money into Mitt Romney. So um, if our assertions are correct, the way it usually works, in uh, the United States of Gitmo Nation, we elect our presidents the same way we buy our soap powder. Uh, will be advertised to, will be marketed, and, uh, of course, the networks will give more time to Mitt Romney. Please notice that they put him in the middle every single time. He was dead center. Yeah. Seven people, one guy in the middle, six on each, two on, or sorry, three on each side, one guy in the middle. And what you're going to see is you'll see Mitt Romney will show up on Pierce Morgan, you know, he'll get more airtime. This is how it works. It's very subtle. It's a scam. And most, so, pe- most so people are stupid. comments about ten shows ago or more, I guess it's even longer than that, about the fact that all these other guys are actually, they're not auditioning for president. They're all auditioning for vice president. And her uh, Herman Cain is obviously uh, going, I think now, because Perry can't carry the load, and I think he's so annoying, that I thought he'd be a good balance <laughs> to the ticket. I am changing my prediction to Herman Cain as vice president. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Why? What, what, who do you think? No, I have no idea. I, I don't think uh, I, I like the 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 um, Romney Perry combination. I think they'll no, choose. It's very reminiscent of Kennedy Johnson. Yes. No, I, I think it'll they'll they'll probably choose if they're not going to go with Perry, they'll choose someone else. Well, what is I think it? Kane would be the better balance because you got that you got that that sketchy black vote that is going to lockstep. Into uh, here's the here's the way I have my new latest rationale. What do you mean the sketchy black vote? What the hell does that the, the, mean? The sketchy the black sketchy. vote. They're, ju- they're just going to lockstep vote for Obama. Sketchy black vote. That is so racist. It's not racist. The sketchy black it's a, it's vote. It's a vote that the Republicans can't count on. So it's sketchy. Could be any. There's a lot of sketchy votes. <laughs> we don't use that terminology. Is, sketchy. <laughs> you just don't like the word. Sounds weird. The, the point is, is that with Perry, they they're guaranteed the evangelical vote, mm. but the, they're going to get the evangelical vote anyway. So they don't need Perry. The black vote is a huge voting block. If they could just 
squeeze a few of those guys to vote I, I disagree. on the Republican ticket because of Herman Cain, no, I disagree. it would be worth the effort. I think it's the Latino vote that counts. Everyone, That was one of the main questions. It seems like that's the big deal. By the way, I was just reading today that uh, the number one television primetime audience, the most desired primetime audience, is uh, young Latinos. They have 69% of the primetime desired audience. 69%. That's who everyone's going after. Well, now, if that's true, and I will throw this name into the pot, not running for president, but a potentially great vice presidential candidate is Marco Rubio. I think Marco Rubio is the most presentable guy the Republicans have. Uh, is he, is he a Latino? Latino, yeah. Mm, okay. He's out of Florida, extremely erudite. Uh He's a classic conservative, uh, and he's uh, he plays well to the uh, to the Latino audience in Florida. I mean, he could easily become a massive. He can get a be a vote getter. So, so I just want people to understand who are listening to the show for the first time. This, of course, has nothing to do with policy and politics. It is all about the show. It's one hundred percent about the show. It's a ratings bonanza. We want a great team in there so we can get more ratings. Just ratings, ratings, ratings. It's free content. Free. We have to spend no, money on free content. We got to spend money on the stupid housewives of Beverly Hills. They're pain in the ass. You can't manage them, them jabronis. Free content. That's what we want. And nothing showed this more about how it works in America than uh, on Morning Joe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now Chuck Scarborough, who was a politician, who who he, he acts like he's like he doesn't know anymore, but he knows how it works. Yeah, and he's then, a, he was a representative from Connecticut, I think. Yes, and then. Milica, is her name Milica uh, Brzezinski, daughter of uh, yeah, Brzezinski. Satan uh, Brzezinski. Um, she she's so she acts so stupid, but but they're talking about Ron Paul, and then it just comes out, and it's clear, it's clear. Shut up, slaves! It's clear. So yesterday outside, we had the Ron oh, Paul yeah. people. Oh yeah. Uh, accusing. They're very nice. They're very nice. The Ron Paul people. They're so you know they're cute. They're like kittens, don't you think, John? The Ron Paul people. Yeah. They're very nice people. Yeah. Very they, nice had people. Signs. Signs. they had signs. Signs. They had signs. Oh, Starbucks. That's, that's sweet. Yeah, so sweet. They're accusing you of. No, no, they're not me. They're accusing. The, <laughs> what are they accusing you of? <laughs> the media of blacking out Ron Paul. Oh. Which leads to oh. a very fascinating question. Can, guys, nice. can you throw up the poll really quickly, see where Ron Paul is? Uh, the, just the poll. You know, the thing that you just like, those numbers you put up on the screen that no one like, no one really can account for. Just throw that up there, will you? Um. Mike, why is it that that Ron Paul, I guess, is is steady in most polls, 10, 11, 12 percent? He's usually in third place in New Hampshire. Here he's in fourth place. He's down at 8 percent. But they will complain to people like Michelle Bachman, Newt Gingrich, others who uh, don't raise as much money as Ron Paul get more attention than Ron Paul. Why is that? Why is that? Why does Ron Paul receive less attention? Less attention. Because. So what is the what is the true answer, John? Why why does Ron Paul receive less attention? Well, the answer is they don't want him to be any attention given to him because he's making good points that people will either make allow them to vote for Ron Paul or they're going to transfer those good points and make their candidate follow these same ideas. No, he doesn't have a leading role. He was never cast. 
He's yeah, an no, extra. He's, no, he's totally an he's independent an extra. guy. He came in. He's not part of the right. He's not. He's part an extra. Of the, no, uh, just call it what it is. He's it's an extra. A miracle that he's, he's even in these things. <laughs> he's an extra with a speaking part. When the only benefit is he gets his SAG card. Because everyone, everyone in America, with the exception of eight to eleven percent of his most fervent followers, and they will always be with him. Everyone else knows he is never going to be president of the United why, States. Why, why, why do you <laughs> there you go. Meme, meme alert. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Take a peek at him. Take a peek at what he says. But I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. He's right. a good guy. He is so far out of the mainstream. This is a mainstream country. This is a middle-of-the-road country. It's not going to happen for Ron. Will he? But everyone knows Herman Cain's not going to be president. He's on the cover of Newsweek. Everyone so knows Michelle Bachman won't be president. Everyone knows Sarah Palin wasn't going to be president. Yeah. Well, hasn't Ron what Paul is it about been Ron around Paul? for a while? He's yeah, done it before. So, so that, 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 these people are new, so there's a novelty to you know Cain and Bachman. That's no, part of novelty. Right before that he can't get what above it, a certain threshold. What does it say about the Republican field that Herman Cain maintains a consistent 24 to 26%? <laughs> Coming up. Everybody knows he's not a player. He's not on board. He wasn't cast. He's a walk-on. He's just a walk-on on the show. He doesn't count. He's an extra. You know, he, he, he gets per diem. Go away. Well, the real screw up is Perry was not a walk on. He was cast. <laughs> well, and he you failed. Know, you sometimes you, you know sometimes things are miscast. Look at who the, knew? Yeah, it who happens. Hired this guy. It happens. It happens. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's no, sad. I, 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 I agree with that. It's sad though um, because you know the, I love the meme though. Oh, Ron uh, Paul. Every, never be everybody friends. in America knows. Every just look at him. Look at him. Just look at him. He's not presidential material. He doesn't look right. He doesn't have the right thing. I remember when I was a kid growing up in in Europe, uh, people would always, there was a big joke about American politicians, about the slick hair and the big, uh, they would call it the McLean's white smile. Yeah, that's what it is. This is how it works. We are, we invented show business and that's how we roll, bitches. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show. And we got to have the right people in the show. It's just like X Factor. And by the way, I'm pretty good at predicting X-Factor candidates, too. It's not always about the best singer. It's about who looks right, who looks the part, who's, who tugs at your heartstrings. That's what it's about. And it's sad. But there you go. Just own up to it. Well, you might as well play Herman Cain singing, then we can go out on that. <laughs> oh, God. All right. If politics doesn't work out for Herman Cain, he can always sing. Turns out he just loves to break into song. Imagine there's no pizza. It's Herman Cain like you've never seen him before. That's hilarious. Oh no, I had I did have one thing. Bachman. I did have one Bachman clip was just funny. Here's the one who you by the way, she um she is like uh you know, she is a necessary player in this scheme. In a way, she's kind of like the Alexis Carrington, uh, but she she changes roles a little bit. She's kind of like the wild card in the script, which is why you know she dressed up in her white little navy suit or whatever the hell that thing was. 
Um, and she's supposed to come out with crazy stuff. Cutting back on foreign aid is one thing. Being reimbursed by nations that we have liberated is another. We should look to Iraq and Libya to reimburse us for part of what we have done to liberate these nations. Now, I need to add something. We need reimbursement. I, look, I, um, I have a Send whole... Him a, an invoice. I have a whole bunch of receipts here, uh, Libya, and I'd like to get reimbursed for that. Uh, here's how we'll do it. Uh, we'll put the army on the ground. Don't worry. It's all good. It's just a reimbursement. It's, it's okay. It's cool. The idiots. Really, really unbelievable idiots. Just, whoa. Anderson Pooper. Well, let's see what we got. Well, before, can I want a little uh, intermezzo. A little, yeah, give me an intermezzo. A little, little lighthearted about Anderson Pooper. So Anderson also has this daytime talk show. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. It's supposed to. Does it any good? I have no idea. I. I <laughs> you think I? I am too busy watching C-SPAN. I don't have time. Uh, luckily, we have no agenda news network dot com. People with an account send me stuff and post stuff up there. Here's Anderson on his daytime talk show explaining why his name is Anderson Pooper. I also wanted to know about like my own items. So we had a bunch of stuff in in my office, my home, uh, sent to the lab. Um, what, what did we find? Well, it was interesting. So you had, uh, for, for instance, your glasses, your phone, uh, your camera bag. And, and overall, it was interesting. Like, for example, in the, uh, on the phone, they found fecal strep again, something that we've been talking wait about wait minute, on your phone. <laughs> My beloved cell phone? You know all the times that I've asked to borrow that? Right. No more. <laughs> There's fecal strep on my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Why do they let that stuff on the air? <laughs> Well, where's he putting that phone anyway? <laughs> and then turn it on vibrate. Fecal strep. It's a new game called Anderson Pooper IED. So you get to you know, get to set him off via remote. It's ringing. Uh, you not- can yak away while I go tell this person to get lost. Okay. I don't know what to say. Hmm. Let's listen to John talk on the phone. I usually just hang up. <laughs> the power drill, really? All right, all right. Here's something as a little intermezzo while John is talking Sorry on the phone. That. Now, right, listen to this. On November 9th at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern, the Federal Emergency Management Agency will conduct a nationwide test of the emergency alert system. It will be heard on radio and seen on local cable and satellite TV as the federal, state, tribal, territorial, and local governments prepare for and test their capabilities. This event serves as a reminder that everyone should establish an emergency preparedness kit and emergency plan for themselves, their families, communities, and businesses. Visit FEMA.gov for more information. I love that guy. That voice has been altered. Of course it has. This is... This is uh, an explanation of what the FEMA will be. I can't even do it. It's so uh, no, outrageous. No, of course, because it's, it's been run through uh, one of the programs yeah. that, that alters your voice. It's just not a real voice. But it's going to be Nobody a real. has that voice. It's going to be a real drill on February on November 9th. Yeah, for the first time, yeah, for the first time um, in our nation's history, it actually will be everywhere. I think you'll even get a text message. I'm not sure. From who? From the president or from uh, Janet Napolitano. What's she doing with my number? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, the emergency broadcast system, FEMA. FEMA running it. For the first time in the nation's history, we will be conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. Uh, that guy should do vagina ads. 
Does your vagina itch? All right. Let's see what else we got. Uh, I found the, the, the thing with, uh, you had, we had a clip earlier with um, Geithner. Uh, interesting. Uh, Brown, Scott Brown went after him. Who's that? Scott Brown is that, that male model that became the senator from Massachusetts that upset the balance of power in the Senate because the Democrats had 60 votes and they could have ramrodded anything through. Oh, they, yeah. Got it. They, got, they did absolutely nothing with all this power they had, and so they Massachusetts gave Kennedy's seat to this guy. Oh, right, right. A Republican. Right. So there, this is a, couple, a little clip. This is part of a longer exposition. Uh, Geithner's uh, trying to uh, defend the fact that they tried to do these loans to small businesses and to the smaller banks, and and only one out of ten uh, small banks took them up because it was a disaster, and then they refused everybody the money and wouldn't say why. And Geithner says, well, because we didn't want to hurt their feelings or we, <laughs> or we, were, we were liable if we said bad things about them, we, so we right, couldn't tell them why right, they didn't do, get do, the yeah, loan. Yeah, right, right. Said, which is bull crap, by the way. The government says it's not liable. It's the transparent so, Obama administration. Is what that yeah, is. it's all yeah, exactly. It was all part of this, and then they have a little back and forth with Brown, but and I and so right in the middle, there's this thing where Geithner says, I don't know how many times, if you were in my shoes, if you were in my shoes, and I just thought this was amusing. I, I know I can't say this with comment. If you were in my shoes, we want to be very careful that we're using <laughs> the taxpayers' money carefully in this context. Judging the health of a bank is a complicated judgment. We were not in a position to do that. We had to rely on the supervisors to do that. You would have done the same if you were in my shoes. Now. The fact that not all banks are eligible should be no surprise because, again, we have an economy still facing a really tough economy, coming out of a worse financial crisis since the Great Depression. We have 7,000 community banks across the country, and a lot of those banks are still under pressure, and we're not going to meet the test of eligibility. But the reason why you've had a smaller yield than we expected and the reason why this took some time is because we're careful to protect the taxpayers' resources. I know you said that. Thank you. And with all due respect, I, I, I don't think you can guess what I would do if I was in your no, shoes. I, I didn't mean to say and, I could. Uh, <laughs> and because as I travel around my state and the country, contrary to what you said earlier, the number one thing that I find, yes, demand's a problem, but it's the lack of regulatory and tax certainty for, for every business in, in Massachusetts. That's the number one thing going away, this, this wet blanket over over their, their uh, efforts to create jobs because uh, in the last year we've had uh, 488, uh, sorry, last couple of months, 488 regulations deemed significant by the administration. Yeah. Ed, what, do you, what shoe size do you think Timmy has? Like eight? You're in my shoes, they'd be killing you. <laughs> Does he have a size eight? I got a size six. Can't be much bigger than that. Well, not. he still sounds like a kid in the, like the Leave it to Beaver show kid. Timmy, Timmy. Uh, meanwhile, of course, Landrew, who I actually do like her, she's a Democrat from Florida. Uh, I think yeah, no, Louisiana. She uh, chewed out the Republicans over uh, over the phraseologies that are being bandied about, and I think this is worth playing because I, I, it is kind of interesting how they they use terminology that just to kind of sway the electorate. Sorry, line of questioning has to be over. I've been very, very liberal and, and given a lot of latitude. This hearing is about the small business lending program. However, this is all important. I thank Senator Rubio. But as a supporter of raising the surcharge, I want to get one thing straight for the record. I don't and the members of the Senate that are supporting. Is she hot? Yeah, she's uh, she's not unattractive, but she's kind of you know she's kind of uh, old. She's in uh, no. Supporting raising <laughs> uh, 
taxes on families or individuals making over a million dollars is not the same, Senator, as raising taxes on millionaires. Millionaires are people that have a million dollars worth of assets. Many people have a million dollars worth of assets. Their income is only 100,000 or 200,000 or 50,000. It's not millionaires. It's individuals and families that have income of over a million dollars. So I just want to get that straight for the record. And I think it's important not to confuse the two because many, many Americans are millionaires. Many. And many of them have made their own millions. Contrary to belief, they haven't inherited it. As you and I know, we represent a lot of people who, through hard work, have, have assets over a million dollars. But the proposal, one of the proposals, is to raise taxes on income over a million. And the marginal rate at 45 percent, you could, you could argue that, but it's a portion over the first million. So the first million, they pay a certain rate. Over a million, they would pay a second rate. Is that your understanding? Yeah, I just want to be clear. The millionaire's tax is not my terminology. It's what I've heard the president say, millionaires and billionaires. I, it's not my, I didn't make okay. it. Well, the president has a different view. Maybe right. you have a different view. But for those of us supporting the tax, the one I'm speaking about, it's not a tax on millionaires. No, I understand. I just, it's actually I'm, a tax on family, on income over a million. So I'm going to disagree with you, John. I think if she lost about 15 pounds... Oh, you, did, you didn't even listen to her. <laughs> of course I did. She lost... Yeah, she's a, she would be very... She, she has she a lost very... She's a little chunky. She has a very cute smile. Yeah. She has a very... You know, she has a... Yeah, she's a very... She has kind of like a V for Vendetta smile, actually. Which I like. I, I, I like her as a congressman. She's got dimpled, dimpled cheeks. I think she does good work. She's got dimpled cheeks. Yeah, she's okay, okay. Cute. She's she's a hottie in in the making. Well, she needs a little work, but you needs know, a little work. They if, all need a little work. Get a consulting business. Thank going. you. If the Curry Dvorak Consulting Company were on this, right. you know, we, we could she could be help her quite she a bit could put be on a diet. She could be a contender, a personal trainer. She could be a contender. You know? The, oh, sorry. Anyway, the funny thing I. I, I clip the rest of this away because right after she went on this little timmy geithner was going can i talk can i talk can i talk he wanted to get <laughs> really? his two cents in it was embarrassing the timmy? guy is ridiculous in fact i have a why don't you play that earlier clip of, of geithner going on about celebrations come on i think that it's kind of ridiculous because, <laughs> because of millionaires we should celebrate what we want to celebrate yes I agree. we shouldn't be told what we shouldn't by no. other people no we should be celebrating we want to celebrate that of course is from uh, occupy wall street <laughs> by the way occupy the, kindergarten the new thing in occupy wall street now of course let me reiterate, there, there, people are pissed off all over the world. This Occupy movement really started with the austerity measures in Greece. It has spread all over the world. The slaves are rising up, which, by the way, is pretty much what uh, the elites want. They want uh, unrest. It's great. Yeah. It's, I mean, everyone's playing yeah, right into their cards. Police state in. Yeah, police state is perfect. But the new thing in Hollywood is to get arrested as a celebrité. You need oh, to be, really? Yes, you have to be an Occupy Wall Street arrestee. And uh, who's my other uh, favorite hottie? Feminist author and activist Naomi Wolf is the latest high-profile person to be arrested at the Occupy Wall Street protest, which yeah. is now being rained on. Wait, yeah, Naomi Wolf. Just anyone should look into this woman. She's like she's a very pretty girl, but yeah. can you imagine having her at a dinner party? Oh, yeah, she would eat all the dinner. Well, besides that, she would be bore everybody. Well, so he, let me set let me set the stage for you. So first of all, she's Canadian. Okay, so she's at the Huffington Post party where K 
Kim Kardashian received an award for business entrepreneur. Okay, let me just set the stage. This is how serious this this business is. And she's got her her boobs are just like flowing out. She's got a a tight dress on, which I like. I like women. Kardashian or Wolf, both. But in this case, it's Wolf. And uh, and she's she's Rubenesque, and I, she's very very sexy. It's very appealing to me. Uh, I like her very much. Wait a minute, let's get ten. Not Mickey's going to come in eight, seven. So she's she's cute. She, <laughs> you watch. This is I del- find her so annoying. No, 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 no. She needs she needs gaffer tape on her on her spokes hole. No doubt about it. So her whole thing, she goes out and she purposely gets arrested, and it's it, and then she uses some interesting words, which is uh, sexy words. Very sexy words. And it, she did this completely for her own benefit. And now she's the superstar of Occupy Wall Street. And she's pretending to be like a lawyer. And she studied the, the protest laws. Ugh! A nor'easter sweeping the area. And the media is now as a woman taken into custody last night. Author Naomi Wolf. Also Josh Harkinson of Mother Jones Magazine. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for having us. Uh, Naomi, let's go ahead and start with you. I was there last night at the Huffington Post party. And uh, I was watching the protests. And they seemed peaceful, uh, but but you were taken into arrest. What happened? <laughs> well, I was um, arrested while I was complying with the law and peacefully standing on a sidewalk. Um, very briefly, I you know studied protests and permits in in New York City. John, have you not taken your course on protests and permits in New York City? Have you studied that lately? No, you know I'm remiss. <laughs> and so I understood that um, they had a right to be on the sidewalk peacefully. When I came out of the Huffington Post event where I'd been a guest, I write for the Huffington Post. I write for the Huffington Post. You can see me there at Huffington, no HuffingtonPost.com and for Mother Jones, MotherJones.com. I saw that the police had moved them far away from the entrance to the opposite side. I went and asked them why, and they said they were told they had no right to mm-hmm. march where they had been. I knew that wasn't correct, so I checked with uh, the people in charge. They said the permit actually did allow them to walk without obstructing the sidewalk. So I said, okay, everyone, I'm going to walk with my partner. Um, Avram Ludwig and anyone who wants to walk with us, please join us. We have a right to it. Her partner. She's, she's, let me just point out it's partner, not boyfriend, not fiance. Partner Mendrick? Partner. Yeah, Mendrick, whatever. Eagle. So we were walking peacefully back and forth, not obstructing anything. And suddenly a phalanx of like... Th- a phalanx. I love that a word. Phalanx? A phalanx. We well, have let me to look up. Isn't a phalanx like a Roman uh, formation of like a couple hundred people? A phalanx. Well, it was a phalanx. A great word because it sounds like phallus. It's, it has a whole sexy thing uh, to it. To you, phalanx. Phalanx is like a wall of police. I think a phalanx. Fa- it's a great word. Here, let me PH. look it up. Phalanx formation. Yeah, she said phalanx. Phalanx. That's ancient Greek. Yeah. Uh, it's a rectangular <laughs> mass military formation. Composed of heavy infantry armed with spears, pikes, and syringes or similar weapons. Syringes? Syringes. Oh, I thought you said syringes. No, syringes. What's a syringes? Uh, uh, okay, now you're making me go off the track here. Yeah. Syringes is a... Uh, a Sarissa is a four to seven meter long spear. <laughs> so it's a 21 foot 
long spear used in ancient Greece. So I guess they had spears. The, the Stop pointing your spear at me, copper. <laughs> you're spearing me, jerk. And, don't don't uh, spear me, bro. Anyway, I don't think it was a phalanx. 30 or 40 giant men in white shirts, apparently with the NYPD, um, appeared and stopped in front of me. And one of them used a megaphone, which the protesters have been told citizens are not allowed. You can't use a megaphone. <laughs> yeah, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And I'm sorry, you know. I, I read her book. I, I liked her shock doctrine book. I've seen her. Uh, I've seen her speeches, and I think she's uh, on the money with a lot of things. But this, to me, was a blatant promotional move. Publicity on her. stunt. Total publicity stunt. You look at the video. She she was very calm. She walks up, and the cops say, "Would you please move?" And she's, "No, I have every right to be here." Well, you know, okay, you're going to get arrested. It's like, and and by the way, illegal arrest. I completely agree. But she did it completely for publicity, and she's at the Huffington Post party, the award ceremony where they're honoring Kim Kardashian. Please, That's give me a break. Telling, the fact that she, this great left wing thought uh, thought meister is at the at that party of that sort. Am I talking about the wrong people are yelling at me in the uh she's not the Naomi. Am I wrong? Who who is Naomi Klein? Oh, now I'm confused. Oh, Naomi Klein's the other one. Well, wait a minute. Who who's the shock doctrine? That's Naomi Klein. Well, who is this one then? Well, let's find out. I, I was confused too. Oh, now I'm confused. Okay. So, oh, she's American author, political consultant. Oh, this one. Oh, this is a different one. Yeah, this girl's a lot prettier than Naomi Klein. This is uh, Wolf. Hmm. She is a political consultant. She's the one who did the beauty myth book. <laughs> oh, I read that feminist. one, too. I love that book. That yeah, was a great book. She's a feminist book. woman. She's the author of the lesbian community. I can see why you're attracted to her. Her follow is the Roman-born horror scholar Leonard Wolf. She attended Lowell High School, which I guess is in San Francisco. Well, that's in San Francisco. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Then I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy I was wrong because the uh, only female in the no, I'm happy. Bones and I'm skulls. happy. Well, no. she's in Skull and Bones. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, I'm happy. I was I was upset for a second there. Okay, well, good. Yeah, you know Naomi Klein, Naomi Wolf. Naomi, how many Naomi really? authors do we Naomi have? Naomi Campbell. So I, I, I was, seriously, I was also off the okay. track. All right, we, we apologize. Thank to you, our thank you, chat you room. On the show, on the, the show. Way. Thank you, chat room, for uh, correcting me. Okay, so that's even better. It proves my point. This is a celebrity bonanza. Go out and get arrested. It's like, you know, next you'll be like, oh, could you please give me uh, a GPS ankle bracelet? Because that's really all the hottest bridge. I really want one of those. This is what it is. You will see more and more celebrities getting arrested uh, out of solidarity for uh, Occupy Wall Street. It is the new, the, it's the new black. This woman's dangerous. In 2004, Wolf wrote an article in New York Magazine accusing acclaimed literary scholar Harold Bloom of sexual harassment more than two decades earlier. <laughs> Explaining why she'd finally gone public with the charges, Wolf wrote, I began nearly a year ago to try privately to start a conversation with my alma mater that would reassure me that steps had been taken in the ensuing years to ensure that unwanted sexual advances of this sort weren't still occurring. Anyway, well, she's, so, uh, so a, it's the new thing. It is the she's new a hostile thing. woman, right? But she's, she's I like her, uh, uh, you know, in a in a sexual manner. Well, um, but this is the thing. It's you, you, you'd be allowed to watch. Put the, <laughs> I want all the Naomi's. Maybe. I want all the Naomi's having a, a threesome. I don't know, Naomi Klein, Naomi Wolf, and Naomi Campbell. 
but regardless, be on the lookout for more celebrities getting arrested. And why was she at this event? It's the same thing. Well, of course she's she was at the event. This, you know, Kim Kardashian. Now she's going to extol the virtues of Kim, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian as a great entrepreneur. B- business leader. Give me a break. <laughs> it's great. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Great. Way to go. Who will be next? All right. Well, So the most uh, emailed article of the week, without a doubt, is this story. Darla, basically, House Bill 195 says those who buy and sell secondhand goods cannot use cash in those transactions. And it flew so far under the radar that most businesses don't even know about it. We're going to lose a lot of business. We don't want this cash transaction to be taken away from us. I mean, it's an everyday transaction. Danny Guidry owns the Pioneer Trading Post in Lafayette. He deals in buying and selling unique second-hand items. I think everyone in this business, once they find out about it, they're going to definitely be, there's going to be a lot of uproar. The law states those who buy or sell second-hand goods are prohibited from using cash. State Representative Ricky Hardy co-authored the bill. They give a check or a cashier's money order or a electronic one of those three mechanisms is used. Hardy says the bill is targeted at criminals who steal anything from copper to televisions and sell them for a quick buck. So the whole idea here behind this law, and this is... Uh, by the way, that law is totally illegal. And it's amended to the Louisiana Constitution. It doesn't help because the if you read, take, pull out one of your Federal Reserve notes yeah. and read the, the what it says on Le- there. It, it says, says it's legal tender. U- useful for anything. Debt obligation, blah blah blah. You know, owned you know, as a with the backing of the U.S. government. You can't say you can't use that to pay something. You can pay, you know, your your mortgage. You can drop, go to the bank and drop, you know, three, a couple thousand dollars, a thousand, a few hundred. I don't care what it is. You can buy anything you want with cash. That's the way the it's 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 a national internet or I'm sorry, a federal law. So I think there's something else behind this. Because, I, of course, I read the bill, and there's a copy of it in the show notes at 349.nashownotes.com, Louisiana, uh, HB 195. Uh, first of all, uh, well, let me just read this to you, and you tell me what you think. Uh, secondhand dealer defined, A, every person in the state engaged in the business of buying, selling, trading in, or otherwise acquiring or disposing of junk... <laughs> Says junk. It says junk in the bill. Or used or secondhand property, including but not limited to. Now, this is where it gets interesting because they didn't really explain this in the report. Jewelry, silverware, diamonds, precious metals, ferrous metals, catalytic converters, auto hulks, copper, copper wire, copper alloy, bronze, zinc, aluminium. Other than in the form of cans, stainless steel, nickel alloys, or brass, were there in the form of of bars, cable, ingots, rods, tubing, wire, wire scraps, clamps, or connectors, railroad track material, water utility materials, or furniture, and it goes on and on and on. So this is also about gold and silver. So that's one thing I picked up on that no one is mentioning. And And they define what a secondhand dealer is. It is anyone other than a nonprofit entity who buys, sells, trades in, or otherwise acquires or disposes of junk or <laughs> junk. Hey, man, don't touch my junk. Or used or secondhand property more frequently than once per month 
from any other person other than a nonprofit entity shall be deemed as being engaged in the business of a secondhand dealer. So there goes your Craigslist, I guess. There goes your eBay. There goes everything. Everything. Yeah, well, this will get thrown into the court system, and that'll be the end of it. Well, but it's in right now. It's like it, a chicken. I mean, this is like the ridiculous. Well, yeah, of course it's ridiculous. And here's what you need Whoa. to do. What? What did, you, what did you just do? Who, me? You cranked. Oh, I know what it is. I didn't do anything. Yeah, the, the sound just tripled. So here's what you have to adhere to. You have to, if, if you sell some junk to someone, if you're selling your junk, uh, you have to get the name and the address and the residence or place of business of the person uh, of, the, of the purchaser, the date and sale, the name and address of the persons from whom material was purchased. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> the idea, if you listen to the guy's speeches, the idea is that people are stealing copper and selling it to junk dealers. Yeah. But this is making it so that the the guy who's selling the junk to the, the copper to the junk dealer has to make sure that the junk dealer no, it, it, it gives you his name and address wait a minute we made it backwards it even states specifically that if you don't have this information failure to maintain the information or the register or to produce a report requested by any peace officer or law enforcement official who now apparently are judge and jury as required by this section shall be prima facie evidence that the person receiving such material described in this section and not registered is known to be stolen. <laughs> so if you don't have it, then it, it was stolen. Oh, brother. Uh, whoever violates this section shall be fined not less than $1,000 or imprisoned for not less than 30 days nor more than six months or both. Junk. They don't Touch really my junk. They, <laughs> hey man, don't sell my junk, bro. I, is, is there a definition for junk? Is there an actual? Uh... Well, let's look up the book of knowledge. Mm, let's do that. Consult the book of knowledge. Helped us out with Naomi Campbell or wherever it was. <laughs> junk. Junk. I Define. Have... Junk. Wiki. Junk. See if the Wikipedia's got something. Informal, old, or discarded articles that are considered useless or of little value. Well, that's not what they're talking about. That doesn't make sense. Gold Why would anybody junk? sell junk if it's of little value? Yeah. Heroin is also junk. Oh, hey, you can't well, sell junk. Ah, heroin. Gotcha. Aha. It's about the heroin. And conveniently. Heroin. So, uh, talking about heroin. No, I, was, I had a heroin clip too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, I have my. I, my, I just have Obama stumbling over his lines when he had to discuss the uh, phony baloney uh, attempt by. By the way, this has fallen off the radar. This Iranian attempt to blow up the Saudi uh, well, embassy. No, of course, we got Gaddafi. We killed him. So it's yeah, like, we could, forget we had about. To change the subject because that wasn't going over, and nobody was believing. No it. secret but, message. But did yeah. you ever hear hear Obama when he tried to discuss this? I guess we're going to hear it now. We believe that if, even if at the highest levels uh, there was not detailed operational knowledge, there has to be accountability with respect to anybody in the Iranian government engaging in this kind of activity. Yeah, whatever. What? And that died. <laughs> what? Yeah. It, hey, you know, this is not working. What can we do... Uh, we need to spice it up a bit. Hey, hey, hey. You still got that crazy footage? Yeah, yeah, man. Let's just say Gaddafi's dead. Yeah, good idea. 
It's a good one. No, here was my. By the uh, way, you, I forgot to mention this earlier, but remember the time, the early in this uh, this crazy Libyan thing mm-hmm. where they had one kid after another dead, and then he shows up the next day saying, "Hey, I'm not dead." Well, we're and waiting for that. Store. By the time this, I wonder sh- if Qaddafi's actually dead. Well, by the, well, of course. But this is the hard thing about a podcast. By the time this is out on people's uh, iPhones and Androids and stuff, we may already have Gaddafi posting YouTube videos saying, "Hey, I'm not dead." And who knows? Who knows? That's why everyone's kind of hedging their bets. Here's my heroin clip. President Obama himself, a former pot smoker whose academic and professional achievement was obviously unhindered by the occasional high, appointed Michelle Leonhardt as his head of the Drug Enforcement Administration. The Obama administration, in the person of the head of the DEA, has insisted that marijuana remain classified a Schedule I drug, which means the Obama administration officially considers marijuana to be just as dangerous as heroin. Yay! And uh, it's been five weeks on the... uh your voice, the we the people on the whitehouse.gov yeah, and uh, yep. number one, the top, uh, how come uh, we can't uh, legalize marijuana? And the president promised, 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 promised. He also promised they were going to stop cracking down on this California uh, operations that have medical marijuana distributed. Oh, it's gotten even worse here. Did you hear about the latest? No. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't the plant, well, check this. DEA agents, State Patrol, and Grays Harbor deputies executed the search warrant. It's part of a major investigation into illegal psychedelic mushrooms. <laughs> the target of the investigation, psilocybin mushrooms like these. Ooh. We shot this video during a similar raid in Thurston County back in 2005. Neighbors in today's raids never suspected a thing. Oh, no. It's pretty amazing that um, that can go on right next door and no one has a clue about it, really. Growing mushrooms! And, of course, this is a takeoff of the uh, clip that went around, which seems to be planted uh, on YouTube, of the guy freaking out over mushrooms. Did you see that? No. It's a major flip. The guy, I think the thing is staged. But he's uh, it's a it's look up Silas mushroom freak out. crazy YouTube you can find it in there somewhere. So uh, I didn't are, are magic mushrooms illegal? Yeah. Why? Because they're magic. <laughs> oh, okay. Just want to make sure I understood because they're magic. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh. I don't see any uh, nothing nothing viral in my uh, world. Fine. It was on. Uh, it was it went around. It was got a lot of attention. So I have a uh, a new. There's a new thing you can. Uh, uh, we're watching Korean television. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you looking for advertising opportunities for our slave T-shirts? Yes. Watching Korean t- and this and this crazy commercial shows up, and I didn't realize now. I guess in Asia. The great, you know, the great tea drinking cultures of the world, which is one of the finest beverages imaginable. Uh, they're they're trying to push coffee down their throats, and now they've come up with a new uh, kind of a new solution to what one of the new uses for coffee. And I think we should be paying attention to this. Okay. Did you know that the latest weight loss trend might be as easy as a cup of coffee in the morning? It has been found that coffee is the most reasonable, healthy, and advanced way to lose weight. This is why Fashion Coffee is the perfect product for you. Are you still worrying about your weight and health? Fashion Coffee is the answer. Witness the power of the drink and stay healthy every day. You know what's amazing is after I ate those magic mushrooms before the show, all of a sudden I can understand Korean. 
It's just, just <laughs> fantastic how that works. Yeah, this is a whole. There's a whole thing going on with coffee. We played. I didn't know, I, yeah. We, well, we played the clip on the last show where global warming is going to make coffee so expensive. Everyone's talking about the coffee, the coffee. So that clearly, <clears throat> there's commodity traders working on the coffee, <clears throat> and uh, it's it's a pump. It's a pump and dump. I think that uh, we need to get to get people. Isn't that isn't that the definition? That's what it is. Yeah, we need to get people all crazy about coffee. You can lose weight. It's great for you. I heard some other things about uh, it's great for women for something. There was uh, what was that? Uh, hold on, coffee healthy for women. I think. Uh, watch, I'm consulting the book of knowledge. There was an, it has all kinds of stories. Um, health benefits of coffee. The perks of coffee drinks. Oh, yeah. Coffee drinking linked to less depression in women. It's like, really? So, yeah. But But it makes them snap at you. Yeah. Meanwhile. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's a pump and dump. It's exactly what it is. Speaking of pump. But it's funny. It would come up as a weight loss. I mean, what did that? I mean, the amount of fat people that drink coffee is outrageous. Well, you can say Coke is weight loss because it makes you poop. Yeah, there you go. I'm reliably informed. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. Now, we have a clip here that you sent me. Uh, yeah, I want to play this clip. I had uh, um, a person come up to me on the uh, at the Twit broadcast, uh, Gary Blatt. And his and his uh, wife Amy. Now and he I gave believe, me. I, I'll just credit him now. He gave me sixty six dollars. Gary has donated before, I believe. Sorry, I think no, he I, was mentioned last week as a night. Right. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. See, I and knew he came it. up to me and gave me sixty six dollars with the with the with the comment. He said, "Here's sixty six dollars in cash because I I understand Adam got sixty dollars in cash at the restaurant and I wanted to top it." Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking. Okay, you, you owe me three I'm bucks, Dvorak. <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying, anybody out there runs into us, you know, you can be mentioned on this on this kind of thing. But anyway, Amy <laughs> went on with a, uh, a a claim that we had given her karma in show three thirty three, and she was just raving about it. And I, you know, we don't make any. Uh, we the karma thing is kind of. Uh, we don't we, we, do, we, we do we don't sell it as like a premium item. We don't sell item. it as anything, but it seems to help people. And I don't know what the deal is. Whatever the case is, we should play this clip. So on show 334, you gave me karma, and it has overflowed in my life. I've had published books and articles, and and he just became a knight. Um, today is his birthday, and we're so privileged to meet you, so thank you very much. <laughs> Wait a minute. You didn't give him magic mushrooms after he gave you the sixty-six dollars. <laughs> that is, real, I have to say, it's beautiful. And I hope Leo saw it. Did Leo see that happen? No. Oh no, he was busy uh, regaling the uh, people with his <laughs> he was fez. Busy reading a carbonite ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the beauty of the show, and uh, it. It is fantastic. I love it. I love the fact that we can say anything we want on this program, as ludicrous sometimes as it may sound. And strangely enough, a lot of our ludicrous, outlandish statements come true. We have a red prediction book. Uh, we do a lot of work. We watch a lot of crazy stuff. We pull things apart for you. And we do it uh, the way we want to do it and the way you want us to do it because you are paying for the product. It's a beautiful system. Yeah, it's a direct 
direct connection. And we appreciate the, the help that we get, by the way. So we have, uh, for starters today, we have Christian Herzog, uh, Elwood, Illinois, 12372. I'm in for $111 for a 111-11 show. We do, ha- we do have this new, uh, we didn't realize until one of our producers sent in a note that 11 111 is a magic number. Yeah, so and that's so we sent out a mailing. I hope people got it discussing this. Plus an extra 1261 to put me precisely 50% of the way to knighthood surprises on him. Because he also wants a karma shot for his wife who's looking for a career change. You give him that. But future Knight Zog, as he likes to call himself, doesn't realize that he came in right after Von Pelsmachers with his free knighthood to the next person who gave a reasonable amount Ah, of money. So he he wins. He wins. So he's already now he's a knight. I love it. Good job. I hope that he continues to contribute. Contribute those since he was on his way to buying a knighthood. Good. So anyway, congratulations, uh, Bob Appleby, uh, Greensburg, Pennsylvania, one eleven eleven. We have a bunch of those uh, in uh, this in today because we sent out the mailing. Colin Sloman, uh, London, 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 London. He's in London City in London. Uh, one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. David Stewart, Seattle, Washington, one 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 one. Francine Hardaway, a damn Dame Francine Hardaway in Phoenix. $111.11. Greg Birch, our Black Knight Greg up there, our dentist in Port Angeles, Washington, who's yeah, he, provided the two of us with great, by the way, that toothbrush, that yeah. the, the new Sonic toothbrush, I have the old one. I had the old one too. Interesting. The new one is more powerful. Uh, have you notice it? Go back to the old one. No, 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 it. no. I know it's more powerful. I also like that it has multi uh, uh, settings that it has a, a, a readout. Yeah. Which is nice. I love the case that you can plug the case in so you can charge it on the road, which was a big problem with the previous model. Uh, but it actually, uh, I read the instructions, believe it or not. It, uh, the, after like the first five or ten times you use it, then it increases in power for newbies. Because it is a weird feeling, the sonic uh, toothbrush. Yeah, this it, thing really kicks it. Yeah. I mean, it's like amazing. Yeah, and so, anyway, it's good. Yeah. Now, he's got an interesting note. He says, in celebration, <laughs> uh, and he gave one eleven eleven. Uh, in celebration of our locals kicking ICLEI Agenda 21 out of our county. Yeah. And this is interesting, uh, Tidbit. And saving the county $1,200 a year in dues. Apparently, you have to join some club to screw yourself. Yeah, I looked up the article that he uh, that he referenced, and uh, it was pretty good, actually. This is, uh, uh, this is one of these uh, initiatives from the uh, administration. Which essentially is, uh, you know, helping to manage rural communities. Yeah, screw the rural communities is what it should yeah, say. Agenda twenty one. That's something you have to consult the Book of Knowledge on. And uh, we'll put put a link to that uh, Gazette article. Uh, and he's got another hundred eleven dollars towards knighthood of of uh, Michael Birch, son of Sir Black Knight. He loves it, calling himself that. Mm-hmm. And a, a podcast license for the Cooper Stripes podcast. Nice. Jeff Wolfers in London, another Londoner, $111.11. Uh, Dame Murasaki 8, really? Now, Murasaki 8 here, but I give special permission to use my first name, Jennifer, as well. Here's a small contribution in hopes of some karma for my university exam on Friday, the 20th of October. Here's hoping more donations come rolling in. P.S. Love listening to the bad pronunciation of Australian towns. I hope, that, I hope that she's not uh, a day late. Because Friday is the 21st. Today is the 20th, I believe. Uh, 
Well, actually, because it's a day forward, it's actually <laughs> no. they're they're are a week forward and then three hours back. Here's the karma. And Here you go, so it's Jennifer. Next year, you've got karma. The karma will be you're late. Go now. Hurry <laughs> Joe up. Joe Cool does. Sir Joe Cool designed Princeton, Ontario. One hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. John Atwood, Cotter, Arkansas. One hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. Uh, Jonathan Jackson, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Same amount. Julie Kissick in Eaton, Colorado. Hi, guys. It's been a tough summer business-wise, so I've been too slow to re-donate. One day I overheard a news report that an Occupy Wall Street protester in D.C. was arrested for throwing a shoe at a Secret Service agent. Yeah. Of course, that reminded me that it's been too long since my last donation, and I needed to throw a shoe in with $111.11. Keep up the great work. If you can spare some karma, she'd appreciate it. Julie. Of course, Julie. Here you go. You've got karma. And a note of generosity from Lois Whitman, Hess in New York City, $111.11, our PR girl. Matthias, Matthias is Anderson. Lois, is Lois hot? Lois, Lois is incredibly hot. Thank you. Just wanted to check. But she's married, so you can't, you know, you're out. No, this is, dude, Matthias I'm not a philanderer. Matthias Anderson in Copenhagen, uh, $111.11. Steve, no, gra- gr- no, gr- no. <laughs> No grotty, I guess. <laughs> Thornton, Colorado, $111.11. Stephen E. Taft, Marietta, Georgia, $111.11. Obviously, the mailing was out uh, on Wednesday to asking specifically for this amount. Uh, thanks for your efforts. You keep me uh, company on my daily walks. That's nice. Still waiting for the podcast license for my contribution. You know what happened? Is a lot of people uh, added their podcast license into a larger donation. Yes, it's a problem. And uh, so uh, I'll go back and correct that. To we'll Steven. get it. Thanks for, thanks for the karma shot, too, as my good friend and hiking buddy can, buddy's cancer is in remission. Good. We hate the cancer. Yeah. Nadine Zanotti, Covina, California. Or Yeah. I'm from Gitmo Nation Stinking Cheese. Oh, she's, an, she's, a, she's, a, she's a French, French woman. French, yes. I live in L.A. I have a job and I, that I love, so I don't need, do not need karma for that. I'm getting married next year, so I will make a donation for that. But USC is playing Notre Dame this weekend, and we, USC, need all the karma we can get. My fiancé turned me onto your show, and I love it. Thanks for keeping me sane, Abiento. Can you give her some karma for this team, this miserable Football team that she's rooting for. Avez-vous de karma? S'il vous plaît, here it comes. You've got karma. I don't think you can. I don't think it's going to have much effect on that outcome. Nikki just came in and snapped her bra at me. I think I should stop with the hot questions. Yes, I think you should too. Elliot Gardner, uh, York. It's all fact you've been preoccupied with that on the show today. I don't know if you noticed. Elliot Gardner, York, Pennsylvania, in the morning, wanted to ask for some karma for my wedding tomorrow. Whoa. No. Oh, you want me to hit it now? Yeah, okay. hit it now. Yeah, sure. You've got karma. He's got this, this, this inside gag. He says, there's wedding tomorrow with the cripple, although the cripple isn't so oh, crippled anymore, luckily. Oh, I know who this is. She's oh, okay. very cute. Adam will understand the joke. Well, let me he met us in the Hot Pockets tour yeah. at Gitmo Nation Hogmaw. Shiksini, Pennsylvania, or Shiksini, Pennsylvania, Shik-shini. depending on what to call it. Shiksini. Thanks for all you guys do and keeping me sane in this insane world. We're, I guess we're keeping people sane this week. If you do not want to take the time to read this on the show, it's not necessary. I canceled my $11 subscription on PayPal uh, to use your suggestion of going back to the bank. I'm not sure how it works with other banks, but mine 
They will send the check automatically for free. Nice. Which I find fascinating. Yeah. I think a lot of, in fact, I, I get a, a one envelope a month from they, one of these bank yeah, services. They, they bundle with, them, right? They bundle them. Yeah. So there's a, there's checks from Pennsylvania and all over the place. And so he's donated fifty five fifty five. Uh, David Lasco in Morgan Hill, California, double nickels on the dime. Keep up with the good work. Uh, Glenn Riccio in Charlottesville, Virginia. Happy birthday to my daughter, Sarah, who turned 18 on October 18th. Great job on your history class paper that educated your fellow high school slaves about the wisdom of Ron Paul. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I love it. Get those human resources started early. Yeah, it's the the way to do it. Vladislav... Vyshermersky. 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 I think it's Vyshermersky. You know what? I don't know. Vlad. Lasgo, Colorado. My name is Vlad, and my surname is impossible to pronounce. (laughs) Saying hello from Glasgow to all Scottish slaves. It says Glasgow, Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Way to go, PayPal. Thank you, John and Adam, for an excellent product. We have over $50 donors, Jack the Rogue, John Haller, and Norman Lorraine. Plus, uh, one last $50 donor from Stephanie Edwards, a new donor from Chicago. Thank you for your hard work and dedication. Just realize that almost all of the truths I know about Monsanto and genetically modified foods is because of no agenda. This is worth $50,000 to me, but I'll have to start with $50 for now. Thank you, Steph, from the UrbanGeneralStore.com. You know, we're uh, we're going to totally go on the planting rampage when we move to Austin, which, by the way, is uh, oh, yeah. coming oh. up in uh, less than three weeks. The tomatoes, uh, melons. Cuc- cucumbers, tomatoes, melons. beans, uh, rice. I'm going to try rice. <laughs> can, no, I, can, I, rice. I, can I make a rice field? You can't do rice. I have my peppers. My peppers are rocking. Uh, le- lettuce, obviously. And uh, something else. Gonna melons. Do melons? We should do melons. Okay. Melons. Oh, Texas? Texas melons. It, it, the Texans, the Texas uh, state bird is a melon. <laughs> uh-huh. We have a couple of extra uh, little mentions here. Uh, first of all, some. Uh, this was a nice one. This is from Jason Baker. My wife's car was stolen last night from our garage. The insurance is trying to screw us around. We may be out $33,000 we paid for the car. Wow. Wow. What kind of, was that a Beamer? Any chance I could get some free karma? I've donated about $250 to the show over the last couple of years. Never asked for karma, but I could sure use it now. I'll donate to the show once we are financially stable again. Well, there, there's no actual cost for karma. And uh, so, you know, we, we don't sell it, but we're happy to give you the karma. But that sucks. You've got karma. It's Jason Baker. He's also a founding producer of the No Agenda stream. Then we have, uh, let's see, uh, Mark Wilson, Adam and John, I'd sent a check for $200 a few weeks back and was accordingly made an associate executive producer on show 342. However, I just listened to show 346 and discovered that John has screwed up and I've been given two associate executive producer credits for the price of one. I'll be honest, being a student, I can't afford the second one. A lot of people have sent us uh, follow-on donations. So please correct the error. Take my name off the credits for show 346. It's not fair to the other 1% that I get a free ride. Uh, that may be more <laughs> 1% tro- of the people that donate. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, yeah, right. 1% of the people that donate. Either okay. that or he's part of the 99%. Who knows? 
I don't think so. I want to remind people to go to noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, and No Agenda Nation. We can also pick up a slave t-shirt while you're at it, but click on the donate button. And I'd like to hand out one shot of karma for everybody who's listening, for our monthly donors especially. You've got karma. And while your brain is open and you're feeling all the good vibes from the karma, Dvorak.org slash NA. Very quick list for today. Glenn Riccio uh, congratulates his daughter, Sarah, who turned 18 on the 18th. And Gary Blatt says happy birthday to himself. His birthday was last Sunday on the 16th. Happy birthday. Remember, from time to time, you actually will get a physical card in the mail. Just another part of the service here from your buddies at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And uh, we have a couple. We have two nights, uh, which is very nice. And uh, let me just... Uh, Extract my blade. Wait, here. wait! I got it. I left it in the drawer. Oh, here it is. You got it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. Dean Bertram and surprise, Christian Herzog, who has uh, received his knighthood from Baron Stephen Pelsmachers. Step forward, Neil. Extend your forefinger, middle finger, whichever finger our remaining rings will fit on, because <laughs> that's what you receive when you support the No Agenda podcast, the best podcast in the universe. With $1,000 or more, I hereby pronounce the Sir Dean Bertram and Sir Christian Herzog, both of you knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Hookers and blow over here, my friends. Speaking of that, uh... Something you have predicted, although it's not here yet, it is already in the United States of Europe. Prostitution in Portugal on the rise. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like lots. Lots really? of women. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole huh. article about it. That uh, women, you know, and these are moms. It's just moms. So they can't make the rent. Well, this will be happening here shortly. Well, this is what I want. When did the, because uh, Portugal started how many months before we really started messing around here in the States? Like half a year? You're talking about the, the collapse of their economy or what? Well, whatever we want to pinpoint is the beginning of crap. Uh, I don't know. So, but you said that the, the, the increase in hookers in the United States would be around 2015. I think it's coming earlier, John. Mm, we're a little slow on the draw with this stuff. I mean, you can say that, and I'm sure there'll be some indicators. But by 2015, it should be. It, that's when it'll be. I think in full swing. That's when you'll be noticing. That's when the comedians will be do, be doing jokes about it. Yeah. There'll be so many hookers. Yeah, but it's not that funny. The decision to sell one's body cannot be taken lightly. It says, of course. But for many mothers, the alternative is to condemn their children to hunger, which is why increasing numbers of women in their 30s who are victims of the crisis are resorting to prostitution. Huh. Uh, it's like bittersweet news. I'm not quite sure how, how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. Jeez, you're terrible. No, I, you, know I, you know I mean well. So there was a, a report uh, that showed up in the BBC yesterday. Uh, but it was already in the States. You must have seen this. Uh, I can read, I'll read you the BBC and then I'll read you the U.S. headlines. Vitamins linked with higher death risk in older women. When it comes to vitamins, it appears you could have too much of a good thing, say researchers who report a link between their use and higher death rates amongst older women. Huh. Experts have suspected for some time that supplements may only be beneficial if a person is deficient in a nutrient. 
And uh, so whenever there's research, you got to be careful. This was propagated throughout the United States, uh, USA Today. Vitamins study. Vitamins may increase death risk in older women. Time magazine. We've been wasting a ton of money on vitamins and dietary supplements. MSNBC. Some common vitamin supplements could increase death risk. LA Times. Dietary supplement risky for older women. Study finds. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. So uh, this study uh, was a very interesting study. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really, really liked it because uh, it was a uh, survey study. Over 18 years time, they asked 38,000 older women to email what they recall which vitamins and minerals they were taking. How do, do you like this study already? Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> and uh, so they basically said, hey, do you remember what you were taking? And are you dead? I guess. I, I'm not quite sure how they, you know, it, it, all emails that weren't delivered, apparently those women were dead and therefore is no good. Uh, the study was released in, uh, wow, what is this? Uh, what is the name of this thing? It's another one of those uh, big pharma sponsored websites. That has a uh, advertising in the Arctic, the archives of internal medicine. And if you go to their website, it has uh, pharmaceutical ads all over it. And um, it, it's so outlandish, this study, and clearly a part of you know, what we've been following, the Codex Alimentarius and the outlawing of, um, you know, and it, it's all debatable. But the yeah, outlawing, this, is a, this yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. This is the uh, move to get – there's two, two things afoot. One is to get all these supplement shops and these people that sell natural herbs and the Which rest Which is illegal it. now in many countries in, uh, in Europe. Right. It's to get rid of all those things throughout the U.S., which is a lot of uh, – my doctor, for example, uh, often recommends some sort of herbal thing or something like that. But you know now you won't, that'll be illegal. It, it has to go through a pharmacy, you know, or or a pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other thing is to to slowly ban and get rid of the, the organic subculture, the small farmers, people who do a, yeah, uh, organic who grow farming melons, on a small level people who grow melons. Yeah, people like you who grow melons. There's you know there are there is actually talk about making it illegal to garden in your own backyard. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's it, been discussed. Well, you'll have to have a because you can't trust anybody. Yeah, They're all idiots. You'll have to have an organic growth license. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So another thing about this study, and this just shows you how news is made. And I haven't what I was not able to uncover, and that's kind of hard. Maybe Lois can help us. I want to know. Which PR company propagated this study? Because they did a good job, and everyone you know picked up on it immediately. But they did stuff with the numbers, which is really interesting. Uh, in the study, it says they adjusted all numbers for, so that means they changed the numbers. Quote: age, education level, place of residence, diabetes mellitus, high blood pressure, body mass index. Waist to hip ratio, hormone replacement therapy, physical activity, smoking status, and intake of energy. So this is totally bogus. <laughs> I mean, basically, they just wrote some stuff down after some after they asked a couple uh, women some questions through email what they remembered in the past thirty years. Yet it's played off in the media, and who are the ones advertising? What are the biggest advertisers? All let me fo- think. Let me think. Mm. Oh, drug companies. Yes. Big pharmaceutical companies. 
And they play it off as you shouldn't take these because it's going to kill you. And that's really bad. So beware of studies. Masking is news. Yeah, it's one of the PR companies that represents one of the big pharma companies. I'm absolutely sure of it. Now I have a commercial that I'd like. I'm going to play this commercial for you. And I want when you, it's a long commercial, but when you know what the commercial is about, I'll stop. Okay? This this is obviously a setup that it's going to be something so obscure I won't get no. it until the very end. see me, though I'm at the very center of you. Scientology. Our shadows are inseparable. The, tw- the Twilight Trilogy. Even when we feel miles apart. The San Francisco Symphony. In your eyes, I can seem so simple. Uncle Ben's rice. (laughs) Close. At times, I am your charm. Ah, Pap's blue ribbon. Close. At other times, your wickedness. Preparation H. (laughs) Getting warmer. I can make you proud or embarrassed. Viagra. Ooh, getting very close. At times I am tender, sweet. At times I am wild. Good vibration store. No. The movie Avatar. (laughs) No, you're getting cold now. And the pains that life brings us. Goodyear tires. <laughs> very close, very close, but no. You're a little fee. You didn't. You didn't hear the last bit. I am your little V. It's a vagina commercial, John, from Johnson and Johnson. They're selling vaginas. They're Holy s- crap! <laughs> what do they go for? <laughs> it's starting. This is the Johnson & Johnson Little V, and it is the Diary of a Vagina. Which, uh, Yeah, oh yeah, it's the Diary of... That's why, didn't you hear saying, at times I can be sweet, at times I'm ferocious, uh, I can be beautiful. I, <laughs> some of them, apparently. There's a lot we don't know about the vagina, clearly. And this is just another part of uh, the move towards feminine hygiene products being marketed to the uh, um, certainly American public. Never were they allowed to say vagina. Oh, boy, we can't say vagina on the air. And now all the comedy shows are using the word so that we can start getting these commercials. While this font is often mistaken for Helvetica, the fact is it's Helvetica bold. Can actually hear the sound of her vagina being boarded up. <laughs> oh, those writers! <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, the comedic value of vagina is awesome. No, it's so that Johnson and Johnson can. Why don't they just be honest about it? I don't know why these guys feel obliged to throw in the, the gratuitous, the, the word gratuitously uh, into their scripts. It's stupid. 
Even America. It's not funny. No, it's not. I mean, not. you've said it. Every time you bring one of these gags up, they're not funny. It's not. American Dad did one too. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Yeah, but still, it's like now we've got animated vagina jokes. It just gets worse. Check it out. I got full blueprints of our house for my project. The Junior Architect Society isn't going to know what hit him. Are you allergic to vaginas, Steve? (laughs) Boy, that's hilarious. (sighs) There was actually a funny uh, sex ad that someone sent me. This one. Go to 60MinutesOvertime.com for a virtual journey through the paintings of Vincent van Gogh, sponsored by Viagra. <laughs> guys have no shame. Vincent that van- is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> they have no shame. Sponsored by Viagra. May cause anal leakage. <laughs> really? So, um, the only other news I have that's kind of interesting. Well, actually, I have a couple of clips, but I can't get to my clips now because my email's cloud service dropped dead oh, right in the middle of wait, the show. You're using the cloud? Well, that's where my mail's kept, yeah. Okay, well. I uh, might go to the other computer and see what I sent you, but it's. WTF uh, Man Cave? Uh, oh, that's an interesting story. This, is, uh, this, was, this was a. Uh, a story that I was looking for to do one of those extra or, or you know, one of these things that, that wraps up all the celebrity news. But I, there was nothing worth doing because it was all depressing because of that car racer that died. Oh, yeah. And, like, I love it when we uh, really have to change the rules of racing because someone died. Yeah, well, they, do, they do do die. Yeah. So the, but they're, they're, this just was kind of a throwaway. And when they did it, I said, this has been going on for years. I have never heard of it. I don't, you tell me if you've heard of it. We haven't talked about it. I haven't seen any reports about it. And the speculation has gone wild online over just what exactly is being built on the White House North Lawn. <laughs> <Yeah>. Construction <laughs> crews have been digging a massive mystery hole right by the West Wing for at least a year and a half. With White House officials saying they can't reveal what it is because of national security. Many people are left to guess. Perhaps a new underground bunker, a giant swimming pool, or outdoor bowling alley, or perhaps a top-secret presidential man cave. <sighs> yeah. And you know about it, this? Yeah, I, I saw this. Uh, I saw a report. It's not supposed to be done for like three years or something. It's supposed to take a real, it's the big dig, they're calling it now. Uh, what, it, what could it possibly be? I don't know. And why is it such a secret with our transparent, uh, I mean, just once it's finished, someone's going to know what it is. Yeah, why don't they just tell us in advance? It's not like you can't aim your hellfire at the, the patch of grass. I don't know. Yeah, they're not talking about it. I, I still think swimming pool is the one. I think <laughs> under swimming underground pool. swimming pool. Three years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what Gabrielle Giffords will need when she's president. She'll need a swimming pool. It's, it's forthcoming. Um... I have another clip that's worth listening to. All right. Because we do have our Australian news that we like to oh, you know, get to yeah. people down under. I didn't have a clip of this. I did have the news, and uh, it was interesting to me as well. We just Slightly go, depressing. Yeah. yeah. Let's go in. So a popular person she may be, but what about the overall concept of a British monarch being the head of state of Australia? What do Australians make of that? It sounds like an anachronism in the 21st century, and that's what Republicans say it is. It shouldn't continue. Uh, We're a a brave, confident, irreverent, upstanding country of our own now, and we don't need a head of state who lives 12,000 miles away. But uh, those voices are very much in the minority. A recent poll here 
had the people in favour of the monarchy at 55% and those favouring a republic down to 34%. And that's the lowest figure for Republicans in 23 years, a long way from, the, from their high watermark in 1999 when there was a referendum here. And they came within shouting distance of uh, winning the day. But those days have certainly gone into retreat. They're not a spent force by any means. And they say that much of the popularity of the monarch is down to the Queen herself, and what will happen when the Queen's reign is over? One Republican said to me the other day, how would the Australians view a Queen Camilla, uh, Prince Charles's wife? <laughs> and they say, if that were to pass, then uh, popularity of the monarchy would take a dip here. But the monarchists say, no, it's not just the Queen herself that's proving popular, it's the institution itself, and also what's coming in the future. The Lizard Queen visits her property. Hey, let me see what's going on. Yeah, they had a, you know, they had a referendum in 1999. Yeah, in they almost uh, ousted the queen. Well, it, not almost. It didn't work. They didn't want him. Although there was yeah, a lot of stories about how uh, Julia Gillard uh, didn't I think curtsy. Gillard is the reason that, that this is in this situation. They say we can't trust our own prime, a lying prime minister like this woman who promises, blatantly makes promises and then, then contradicts herself when she's elected. She lies to the electorate. Yes. The she, Queen doesn't do that. She, she did never well. Lies. Well, she didn't curtsy. She bowed and shook the Queen's hand. She, and uh, there's a question. This is what. Oh, it's a big scandal. Oh yeah. Oh, she didn't curtsy. When I met the Queen, I curtsied. I bet you did. <laughs> I court. Hey, by the way, do you think maybe Obama's uh, dig project? Maybe uh, that's where he's going to put Osama bin Laden's body and Gaddafi's body. Maybe it's going to be just a museum of the dead guys he killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a tomb. Tomb of the yeah, it's like Lenin's tomb in, yeah. in in Russia. Tomb of the of the dead guys. And have them keep them frozen. There was something else in uh, Australia. Speaking of uh, crazy, and this is uh, you know in England they have the D notice, which is sent out to um, the media, and it's like okay, here's something you can't talk about, and of course everyone goes oh, okay, which is unbelievable to me, you know, because a D notice can be put on anything potentially. Um, in Australia. The leading media organizations rejected a proposal from the federal government for a protocol to limit reporting of sensitive law enforcement and security information. Good. However, they have agreed to facilitate communication with police and security agencies in the interest of public safety. In other words, uh, we won't actually admit to it, but we're going to do it anyway. Ah. So, uh, John, you and I have to be extra vigilant I would think <laughs> for our I think we have to be anyway. Uh, our Australian brothers and sisters who uh, are now going to get all the all the lies and the uh, push towards them uh, more than it is, and of course the uh, information withheld. Did you and Horowitz talk at all about um, Bank of America and moving their derivatives out of the off of their balance sheet? No. Um, so let me see if I can explain it because this is, you know, I'm a disc jockey. It's called bookkeeping, uh, creative bookkeeping. Right. Unfortunately, it, it it's put on our shoulders. Here's how it works. Bank of America, this is from Bloomberg. Bank of America Corp hit by a credit downgrade last month has moved deriv derivatives from its Merrill Lynch unit to a subsidiary flush with insured deposits. The Federal Reserve and Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, FDIC, disagree over the transfers, which are being requested by counterparties. So they put 75 
check this, trillion dollars of derivatives into uh, an account that, from what I understand, is insured by the government, by the FDIC. So, mm-hmm. so, so they have these deposits, and that's, I presume, a, 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 a port. I really don't understand this stuff too well, but I presume a portion of the deposits uh, are guarantee these, you know, the, the total value of these uh, derivatives, which is just like made up stuff. And should it go bankrupt, should these derivatives start to unwind? And who knows? It could be Europe. It could be French bank derivatives, for all I know, credit default swaps. Uh, if that goes belly up, it's in, uh, it's in, a, uh, in an institution that then the government has to guarantee. The Fed, of course, is all for it. They approved it. They said this is good. Good place to put it, boys. I don't know. Okay. Sounds like a scam. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not really being reported on. Uh, and this from the New York Fed, and this is something we just need to touch on because we've talked about it so many times. Official news now that student loan debt in the United States has now surpassed $1 trillion. That is more than the total amount held by all credit cards in America. Right. And it's a, and it's the law was passed that bankruptcy will not absolve one of the debt. Uh, by the way, you can't you won't be absolved of your credit card debt either by bankruptcy. So, in other words, bankruptcy in this country has been gutted for the purposes of uh, keeping the banks in business. But that's pretty outrageous. One trillion dollars of yeah. student loan debt. I know these kids. A lot of this uh, never get repaid. It's just. It's almost like a. Essentially, it's a uh, kind of a, a more professional and more polished payday loan. Where people have taken out this money and they failed to make one payment and the interest rates gets jacked up and there's a guy with a baseball bat coming to your door to make sure you give your, you know, pay a little bit. And uh, it's it's a big deal. They, something's got to be done about this. It's corrupt. Now, Christina's friends all have huge debt and it's a real problem uh, because they can't really find a job. And so what they do is they keep, you know, they go to community college. They do anything they can to 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 remain, to keep their student status. And you have to do a certain number of hours, I think, to to be officially called a student. And yeah, and then, and of course they're working all kinds of side jobs with which uh, no taxes are paid over, uh, and it's ruining everything. And they're, but they're really afraid because it's not just like oh you know I had a small 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 student loan or assistance. Of course, I went to college for three months, so you know I didn't use up much of that. Uh, but uh, you know this is such big money, and they had they're on a schedule. You know, when you get out, you, know, you get a letter from the from the government who is now providing these loans, and they say, "Okay, uh, in this year, the first year, you got to pay back at five hundred bucks a month." The government's not providing. I'm not sure, but I think the government's enforcing the loans as opposed to providing them. I thought uh, President Obama. Um, um, okay, I could be wrong. I could be wrong too, but I'm pretty well. All I know is there's a scam involved. It's not good, say the least. Let me just see if we have any uh, interesting things left over. We've got uh, Idaho uh, now getting rid of their illegal Im- immigrants for uh, on the farms for uh, processing. Uh, this is all manual labor. Guess what they're uh, using instead? Uh, what prisoners? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Hey, wow, that puts it right in our strike zone. Yeah, prisoners. We have slaves. Yeah, screw you, Mexicans. Get out of here. We got prisoners. Unless you want to be a prisoner. <laughs> hey, 
see. It's not bad, actually, being a prisoner. It's in your, it makes an extra dime. It does. <laughs> it's a, what do they get again? Like five cents an hour? Is that, is that what they're getting? Ridiculous. It's, it's great. It's prison labor. They were always complaining the Chinese use all oh, this prison labor. It's fantastic. They're like the worst. And then we always point the finger at the Chinese hate that, by the way, having the finger pointed at them for using prison labor because they know that we have, we're the prison labor country. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, Libya. This is someone, who, you know, we were talking about uh, YMAX being in Libya. Yeah, right. Last show. Right. So it it's true. Uh, in May 2008. I haven't got WiMAX here. What's it doing in Libya? Yeah, well, this this is the dichotomy. You know, it's like you see on television a bunch of camel jockeys running around, you know, shooting their AK-47s on their sandals and driving this big Mardi Gras float. Like, oh, they're so stupid, you know, and the Gaddafi kept them dumb and sand bunnies. But no, they had uh, WiMAX. Since 2008, they've had WiMAX. Huh. In, uh... Let me see. Tripoli and other major cities in Libya. How come we can't get WiMAX? We're not, uh, we don't, I don't know. Makes no (laughs) sense. We have it in Portland. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have it in Los Angeles. One of the many reasons I'm leaving. They don't have it in Austin either that I know of. Uh, No, they don't. I think, you know, I thought I had Time Warner in Austin. I think it's wrong. I think I have Cox, which is probably going to suck. Cox? I think so. I don't think Time Warner is in Austin. I have no idea who's in Austin. Cox sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, there's a slow, there's a bumper sticker for you. Cox sucks. Hmm. And then uh, here's a final question for you before we leave. What is the number one country who has sold weapons to Bahrain, Libya, Egypt, Syria, and Yemen since 2005? Well, that should be us. No. Then it would have to be Israel. No. Uh, Russia. You're never going to guess. <clears throat> Belgium. France. Belgium. Oh. Uh-huh. We should ask the the uh, the Baron about that. <laughs> I, I think maybe better we not ask. Because, you know. <laughs> Belgium? The, the, yeah, Belgium. They're the number one arms exporter. Of course, you know, they don't make it. It's all being... You know, They're middlemen. Yeah, being funneled. This is the country that has no government. Everything's being funneled Where through Where did them. you get this piece of information? The Baron sent it to me. He sent it from the uh, from the standard, the Belgian standard. Huh. It's a, it's a Dutch well, that's article. That's a little known fact. Yeah, Belgium. The country that has no government, that does everything that Brussels wants them to do. It's perfect. It's a bonanza there. It's nothing but great stuff going on. Huh, interesting. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it's, the arms are made here and there. I think they're just, yeah, I think you're right, it's just a, a middleman. sales office. Right. But there's probably a lot of sketchy arms deals that we can't do directly, you yeah. know, that have to be done. Send, it through, we, send it through the Baron. So you send it to <laughs> through Belgium, and then the Belgians do whatever they want, and we kind of, well, I didn't know they were doing that. I think from now on we just credit Stephen Pelsmachers with international arms dealer Baron von Pelsmachers. What do you think? Probably a moniker he doesn't need. <laughs> I have one final clip that I've been holding on to. This, was, uh, this baffled me, uh, but I'd like us to listen to it uh, as our final clip. It's not, I can't do it as an end-of-show clip because we have to respond. This is this girl, Imogen which is a hot name. It's a British name. 
And Imogen is on, I think they're like a Dylan Radigan show, which is, what is that, MSNBC? And she goes into a rant about drones. And she's really, she's, I mean, it's, it's almost like I wrote the script for her. And, it, and as she gets towards the end of her rant, she starts to stumble because I think something is, and first of all, uh, the, they go from having all kinds of cute pictures of drones and stuff. Uh, then they, that starts the, that literally the screen goes away in the background. It's just blue. And then, so they're back to a tight shot of her. She starts to stumble like something is happening or someone is speaking in her ear. And then they cut her off for the, the MSNBC went off the air for 12 seconds. So I think uh, she went a little too close. Have a listen. We need to have a proper international debate and make a collective decision about the rules of engagement of armed drones right now, or we are in danger of our world looking like a James Cameron Terminator movie. Armed drones are remote-controlled, pilotless aerial vehicles that are able to hit targets of interest, including killing individuals. So far, only the UK... Israel and America are known to have deployed them, although the U.S. leads the way by far. The first strike by an armed drone took place in Pakistan in 2004 under then-President George W. Bush. Under Obama, they have become America's go-to tool of choice in both its conventional and shadow wars, being used by both the military and the CIA. Now, on first look, you cannot blame the Obama administration for being so enamored with drones. They allow U.S. forces to attack targets without risking American lives and are relatively cheap. However, the Obama administration is being incredibly short-sighted. It's not just that drones do inevitably sometimes kill the wrong targets and can thus radicalize local populations and lead to more terrorism, or that they have known to have security flaws witnessed by the computer virus that recently hit the base in Nevada where the U.S. military remotely fly their drones. It's also vitally that where drone attacks stand in law is murky at best. Is it acceptable to assassinate people, including Americans, who pulled the trigger? Under international conventions, civilians cannot engage in war, but CIA members are civilians. America seems to have unilaterally decided that it can send drones over borders to kill its enemies into countries it has not declared war on. Unsurprisingly, the world is now involved in a new arms race. More than 40 nations are developing armed drones, including Russia, China and Iran. What happens when everyone else starts using drones the way the U.S. has done in Yemen, Pakistan, Somalia and elsewhere? Here it starts. If America um, protests, the U.S. will be looking mighty hypocritical. A science fiction scenario is becoming real. Experts believe that unmanned aircraft will eventually take over most tasks currently undertaken by manned systems. That drones will one day be the size of insects and birds, and that swarms may be used to overwhelm modern defense systems. The international norm that is being created by America is incredibly dangerous to America. Unless America, the leader of the free world, voluntarily submits to sorting out the international law on the use of armed drones right now. It is putting the... F- Boom. Off the air. 12 seconds. Wow. That's I think a good she, little speech. I think she was telling it right. I, re- I really like that. I thought it was right on the money. 
And what was then, she on? What was the what was this? Dylan Radigan show on that. Oh, Dylan Radigan. I did that's the guy. That is the one guy. I said it before when he first started showing up. He is the one wild card at MSNBC. He does not subscribe to the left wing philosophies necessarily. He goes after everybody. He's fairly neutral. And this doesn't surprise me that this would be on this show. He's a ra- he's a, he's a radical in some way, shape, or form, but I'm telling you, he's not going to be on long. Well, you can see the entire clip, including the 12-second uh, break, and then they, he comes back and says, Hey, thanks, that was great. Um, at uh, 349er.nashownotes.com, where we maintain uh, links to everything we've discussed on today's program. And as always, Dvorak.org slash NA is where you can support this program so we don't uh, ever have to consider giving up. We certainly aren't going to consider playing commercials. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we're celebrating, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Thursday for another thrilling episode of No Agenda. I think it's Sunday we'll be back. Okay. (laughs) We'll be back on Sunday for another thrilling episode of No Agenda. Don't drone me, John. I have two words for you. Predator drones. (laughs) You will never see it coming. You think I'm joking? Dvorak.org slash N-A